is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, gang? Welcome to another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Jets back at it tonight in the home of the Buffalo Wing. The Buffalo Sabres host the Winnipeg Jets tonight. Six o'clock start. We'll be all over it. Hear from Rick Bonus in a few minutes. And Scott Billick with the Winnipeg Sun is on the road in Buffalo. He'll join us first up today as we get ready for tonight's game. We'll have some more Jets and NHL talk, maybe a little NFL with our pal Brandon Rewicki of Skates and Plates, who's going to jump on after that. And later on in today's show, we will sit down with the all-star representative for the Manitoba Moose, Moose defenseman Declan Chisholm, who's going to join us on his birthday from Toronto. Really looking forward to that. Um, just before we get going, Got to give a big thanks to everyone joining us on podcast. Thanks so much for making us a part of your day. Shout out to everyone with us here watching on YouTube. If you haven't already, make sure you hit that red subscribe button. We are here live every day on Winnipeg Sports Talk from Monday to Friday, live at 1 p.m. But if you subscribe to the channel, we'll be there at your convenience whenever you're ready to get the latest news and opinion on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, and of course, we've got to thank the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Our great friends at Princess Auto, Cool Bet Canada, Little Brown Jug, Canadian Club, Vita Health Fresh Market, Manitoba Battery, Culligan Water, Wallace and Wallace Consolidated Supply, F Apparel, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, and of course, the Why Not Question of the Day with our friends at Not Auto Corp. Well, birthday boy Declan Chisholm is going to join us a little later on. I'm feeling sort of left out because it's Michael Remus's birthday as well. Happy birthday, my man. What's going on? Yeah, How are you feeling? Thank you. I'm feeling uh, older than I ever have. Um, this one. So, uh, technically true. Technically true. Technically true. So, yeah, it's good to be here. I'm looking forward to uh, the Jets game tonight. Uh, you know, traditionally, there's a January 12 game against the Sharks. I've been to a couple of those in my time going back to Jets 1.0, but on the road, looking to get back at it. And hoping to give up what less than I don't know five goals tonight. What's the what is what are we oh, aiming yeah. for here? Uh, that would be a nice start. That would definitely be a nice start. Hey, uh, do you remember what you got nine years ago for your birthday? Nine years ago? No, they all they're all a blur. Jan twenty, Jan, uh, Jan 12, 2014? No, you Should got a I? new coach. Paul oh, Maurice. Yeah. Okay. Now I do. I do remember that. Yeah. I think I had to wake up and like go into the studio uh, that morning. Actually. Yeah. This. Uh, this is the anniversary. Nine years oh, to the day. Is it? Of Paul Maurice being hired as the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, and uh, obviously Pomo's moved on. Um, but it is somewhat funny just speaking about Maurice and the fact that the Jets are playing the Buffalo Sabers, in that the Sabers. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, tonight's starting goaltender for Buffalo, yes. Uka Pekalukanen, I'll just go with UPL, um, was the starting goaltender. And that, of course, ended up being a very dreadful game where the Winnipeg Jets were kept to the outside for the majority of the uh, evening. Bunch of shots, none of them very good. And that ended up being Paul Maurice's final game with the, uh, with the Winnipeg Jets. So a funny little bit of Winnipeg Jets history on this day, but um, 
just before we get into it and get into tonight's game, um, we always like to talk about M. Remus approved deals. I'm sure you have already been on top of some of the some of the <laughs> the offerings available to people that have their birthday. Have you taken advantage of anything yet? Yes, um, I'm big Starbucks guy, so I got my free coffee. Went over to Tim Hortons, got a free breakfast sandwich. I got an offer from Subway for a free cookie. I didn't. I wasn't sure how to redeem that one. I didn't do that. And then I got, um, oh yeah, Pita Pit said they put $5 on my Pita Pit card for the month so I can get whatever I want from there and get a nice deal. So there you Nicely go. Nicely done. I, the, I guess the key is you got to have the app. This goes back to mm -hmm. uh, a take that you've had for a long time. Get the apps. Get yeah. these apps because that's where that's where the deals are happening. Yeah, you're you're you know getting fast food or anything, and you don't have their app. You're doing it wrong. So if they have an app, get it. Hand over all your personal private information. Just give it to them, and then they'll give you deals. That's how it works. You know. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed Starbucks. I, not being a coffee drinker, hate Starbucks, and it hit me last night. I'm still not over Corden and Stafford, the former chicken delight of which I'm also a fan of, mm -hmm. but the Harvey's and Swiss chalet shutting down and now it's a Starbucks. I mean, this is, this is not quite as bad as when the Wendy's closed right by our old work because that's that, still not over it. That, <laughs> that's the worst. Uh, or Arby's on Pembina turning into a subway. But, I mean, the neighborhood's just going downhill. We lost our Harvey's. At, I mean, man, a double-shot Harvey's and Swiss Chalet and replacing that with another coffee shop? I don't know. Anyways, I digress. Happy birthday, my friend. Let's get after it. And uh, maybe the Winnipeg Jets can fire up a win for you tonight on the road and start another winning streak um, after that game in Detroit. And uh, it's going to be real interesting tonight, Remo. Them Buffalo Sabres are a team that have had some real highs this year. They've also had some lows. They had a bad losing streak earlier on this year after a great start at 7-3. and three. And I have a feeling that they're going to be a bit of an ornery. I, I think we should have two ornery hockey teams tonight. You know the Winnipeg Jets, and we'll hear from Rick Bonus in a few minutes, are going to want to be much better than they were, certainly in their own end. I mean, they can't complain with how much offense they generated last game against the Detroit Red Wings. Um, but the Buffalo Sabres coming off a 4 nothing shutout to the Philadelphia Flyers on home ice. That's about as low as you can get this year in the NHL. Um, and then a tough one to Seattle. So a couple of straight home losses as we talked with Marty Baron yesterday. Uh, this is going to be a game that the Sabres desperately want to have to, you know, not fall back after making quite a bit of ground to get within the periphery of challenging for a wildcard spot in the East. And for the Winnipeg Jets... Um, you know, we spent enough time talking about what was on the table for the club and their head coach um, in the game against Detroit, uh, but starting a very tough back-and-back, back-to-back in two places where they have not had very much luck historically, even as well, especially dating back to Jets 1.0. Not that that has anything to do with right now, um, but it's three and four days. You lose that first one. You know you're going to have a tough one on the second end of back-to-back -back nights against Pittsburgh. This, to me, is a very important game for the Winnipeg Jets to get back to their game and put two points in the standings. Yeah, you're coming off two games where they're kind of similar. You got off to a slow start, 
Um, and especially last game, I mean, you're down three goals like within the first five minutes and you're kind of just chasing and battling back. And each time you come close, uh, they get another goal. I don't know. I don't think we're going to see another game like that from Connor Hellebuck. You know that after a loss, he bounces back pretty well. Um, for Buffalo, we know they can score. That top line among the best in the league with Tage Thompson, who's become a superstar. I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, more closely uh, with Skinner and Alex Tuck. And but the only thing about Buffalo is they not only do they score goals, they also uh, do give them up. However, though they're what are they plus seventeen goal differential, crazy. But and it just shows you how many goals they've scored. 135 against. Um, that's I mean that's near the bottom of their division there. So significantly less than Tampa, Toronto, or Boston, who are one, two, three in the Atlantic. So look, I think there's going to be a lot of goals scored, hopefully from the Jets' end. But they got to tighten things up, Hustler, because look, you got two games in a row now. You gave up four to the Canucks, gave up seven to Detroit. You can't win games giving up that many goals. Thankfully, though, the Jets scored, you know, seven and five, so they can score too. Uh, so I, I don't think the, t- the coaching staff wants to see another track meet, though. They want to tighten it up. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. I mean, and, and the team's going to have to come up with a better start than they did against Detroit. Um, you know, the Vancouver game, I mean, hey, listen, they were up to nothing early on. Um, and then Vancouver came back. They just scored a couple. Vancouver came back again, and then they locked it down in the third period. I think that that focus on what they did in the third period um, would be a nice way to kick this game off. Because as you mentioned, this Buffalo team can score goals. Now, the Boston Bruins now have 156 goals on the season, although they played one more game than the Buffalo Sabres. Sabres with 152 in 39 Right there at the top of the list for goals per game in the National Hockey League. You got the Oilers that have 153. But again, they've played 43 games already and put up what a half does last night on the uh, on the Anaheim Ducks. So this Buffalo team can score goals. And as you mentioned, it is all led by that top line of Tage or Tage Thompson, Alex Tuck, and Jeff Skinner. Thompson, 31 goals in 39 games so far. He has turned into a legit superstar in this league. Um, And Alex Tuck, the uh, hometown boy, coming back as part of the Jack Eichel trade, um, having a monster season as well with 20 goals and 45 points in 39 games. And I'll say this, Remo, we had talked about the Jeff Skinner contract a couple years ago, and it did look like maybe the worst extension we've seen in a long time in the National Hockey League. Far from it now um, that he's got some players to play with right now. And Jeff Skinner, I think, has been completely revitalized with Tage Thompson and, of course, Alex Tuck coming over. And I got to tell you, this Buffalo team, I've spent more time watching them than pretty much anybody else in the East this year. Often, you know, maybe bet on them or take them in fantasy. They're fun to watch. And that's a team that gets into games like the Winnipeg Jets played against the Detroit Red Wings. So I think you're exactly right. And we'll hear from Bones in a minute, as well as with a little bit of an injury update. Um, The Winnipeg Jets are going to want to get back to the team and the structure that helped them get to where they are in the standings because uh, running and gunning with a team like the Buffalo Sabres can be uh, fraught with risk. Yeah, here we are. Goals for Buffalo, third in the league, 152, you mentioned, and goals against. We can scroll all the way down. They're like 20. They're near the bottom here. Bottom third. Where were we? Uh, they're in 135 again. So 
Uh, they can get scored on. And as you said, I mean, that top line uh, been pretty awesome. Uh, Jeff Skinner with 30, 41 points in 36 games. I mean, look how many point-per-game guys they have. Skinner, Tuck, uh, Darlene on defense, Tate Thompson, Dylan Cousins. Um, he's got 39 and 39, and he was pretty hot a couple weeks ago. He's cooled off. Now, I mean, the bottom of the lineup not as strong, but they're a bit top-heavy. But, I mean, that top is, is pretty damn good when you look at uh, Tate Thompson's season. He's having 57 points, 39 games. Uh, pretty incredible. That guy's a tall dude. Uh, with skill, well, and and um, I mean, listen, we've spent so much time talking about the Winnipeg Jets and you know the offensive performances they've had from a number of their top players. The Jets have three players better than a point a game right now in Connor Dubois and Morrissey. The Buffalo Sabers have five, and you mentioned Dylan Cousins, and Cousins has sort of been up and down as we talked with Marty Baron yesterday on the program, but still a really, really talented young player. But the guy that I think has had the biggest, and this is not a coming out party when you're a former number one overall pick, but Rasmus Dahlin has now grown into the player that Buffalo and the entire league thought that the Sabres were getting when they drafted him first overall. Uh, he's also a point-of-game player. The one guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing tonight, though, on the Buffalo side that I haven't seen a ton of this year and is still waiting for his first goal this season is another number one overall pick on the blue line in Owen Power and a very different player than Rasmus Dahlin. Um, but you realize the talent is there on this Buffalo team. Um, and listen, goaltending's been an issue. Um, they sort of split it almost evenly throughout the season between the veteran Craig Anderson, uh, Uko Pekalukonen, who sounds like he'll start tonight, and former Winnipeg Jet Eric Comrie. Uh, but goals, not a problem for the Winnipeg Jets. And this is going to be a big challenge for Connor Hellebuck, who'll get the start tonight to bounce back from an ugly night in Detroit, as well as this team to give their goaltender a little bit more help than they did at times early on in that game on uh, Tuesday night. Yeah, Hellebuck in. He usually gets the first game of the back-to-back. -back. I see some people in chat who would like to save him for uh, the tougher opponent in Pittsburgh, but this is the way they seem to do it this year, and I think you want to get him in there, get him feeling good. He wants to uh, have a better game, and... Just for the line rush, I showed it to Mike McIntyre, who found his phone. It was in the lobby of the hotel. Oh, um, it wasn't in the Uber. Wasn't in the Uber. Someone found it and uh, and turned handed in handed it in. I thought maybe it fell in the snow and it turned off, which is why his find my phone wasn't working. But maybe he just never enabled it. Um, we'll have to get the lowdown next week. On yeah, episode we will. two of L little Mike more McIntyre's phone. Yeah, detective work on uh, what exactly happened to uh, happen to so, Mike. Um, one other guy that we'll get a chance to see, and certainly if you're a fan of the Winnipeg Ice or paid attention to them over the last couple of years, you'll be very familiar with. And that was the guy that was Mr. Everything since the ice came here from Kootenai. And that, of course, is Peyton Krebs. And for as great as Alex Tuck has been playing on that top line, Peyton Krebs is really turning into a reliable everyday NHLer right now. He will be centering the third line tonight for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, along with Zegmas Gergensons and Kyle Ocposo and uh, Dylan Cousins in the middle of that top line. Um, you got Jost Middleson and uh, Middlestat, um, Casey Middlestat, who's another high pick that hasn't really turned out yet, and Victor Olofsson um, for, uh, uh, for the Sabres tonight. But I bring up the ice um, because, of course, they had that huge game last night against the Seattle Thunderbirds, and um, Connor Geeky tied it up late. They ended up losing in overtime. 
Um, but man, I mean, you, the, the Peyton Krebs that we'll see tonight, his fingerprints, and we hear this every time we talk with people from ice management or even ice players, Remo, his fingerprints all over this ice team right now is um, really the leader and a guy that set the standard for the junior team ever since they came here to the peg. Yeah, yeah, we definitely heard that from them and, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing him tonight in a Sabres uh, uniform. But also, uh, how about that ice game? Last night, uh, we knew it was going to be a good one. Two top teams in the Western Conference, but it was the ice falling in overtime, uh, 3-2 to Seattle. Yeah, no Brad Lambert, but he was at the rink last night. I saw a couple of young fans that uh, got a chance to uh, meet Brad and uh, get some autographs. Threw that out on social From media. From the ice cave inside and, Wayne Fleming Arena. Uh, whoa. Sorry. Is that Brian Munns? I was little, looking oh. at the score on their site, and it's <laughs> auto. It's autoplay. Hey, oh. I hate autoplay on websites. Oh, a little, a little shot of uh, of Brian Munns. Um. Anyways, we'll um we'll get to uh, a bit more of that a little bit later on the program, but we will focus in on this Jet Sabers tonight. Um. And hear from Rick Bonus in just a minute. Um. One of the things Remo that came out of the morning skate today was that Connor Hellebuck was going back in, and it's not surprising at all to me. I mean, I think they pretty much lay out when the backup goaltender is going to be playing. Knowing that there was three and four coming up, David Riddich got the start against Vancouver on Sunday. And I would expect Big Safe Dave to go back again tomorrow night into the net against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I know some people in chat saying, are they just sort of, you know, mailing it in for tomorrow? Absolutely not. And David Riddick has, what, seven wins on the season now for the Winnipeg Jets? It's not like Jets can't win when Big Safe Dave's in. And I'm sure he, like Connor Hellebuck, both of the Jet goalies this week will be looking to have much better performances. I mean, Dave did get the job done in the third period against Vancouver on Sunday. Um, but he'll get back in the net presumably tomorrow. Although, I guess if things go well, there's always the chance Connor could go back-to-back. -back. The Arizona Coyotes, of course, are coming here to Winnipeg on Sunday for the Jets' lone home game in between these two road trips um, to get to it. But here's how things are looking tonight for the Winnipeg Jets. Pierre-Luc Dubois along with Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers. Shifley with Perfetti and Wheeler. Third line stays intact of Lowry, Carson Kuhlman, and Morgan Barron. And our guy Stenny's back in. Kevin Stenland, good to go. Looks like he'll be playing with Axel Janssen-Fjallby and Sam Gagne on the fourth line. And it sounds like David Gustafson has an upper body injury. And we'll get a little update from, um, from Rick Bonus in just a minute. Um, Gus out, Stenny in. And while Billy Hanela was on the ice this morning, giving it a go in the pregame skate, sounds like he's still not 100%. And um, really, it's going to be Kyle Capobianco that sounds like is the only real healthy scratch tonight for the Jets. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I spent a lot of time like thinking about the circumstances that led to Billy Hanela calling down um, at 4 o'clock, saying, I can't play, I'm a healthy scratch, and now he's out. Like, was he the bathroom was he in bed what was his specific illness because that's what i've been thinking about maybe it's other people or it could be just me um but it sucks that he's not feeling 100 percent well enough because it seems to be going around again I, i'm also curious like is kevin sawyer 100 percent for tonight because he was pretty raspy uh yesterday and i it was even watching i was actually watching the leafs game and chris cuthbert sounded like he was going through something too so all everyone and hockey is here is feeling it. Us, Every, everybody's been sick again. We got to yeah. get some of that Colflex oregano spray from exactly. uh, Vita Health Fresh Market for the entire league. 
and get them set up. Um, listen, Billick's going to join us in just a minute, but uh, Rio, let's just get number one. Sure. Uh, we can hear a little bit more from Bones later on, uh, but here's Bones sort of running down the health status of his club going into these back-to-backs tonight against Buffalo and tomorrow against the Penguins. David Gustafson wasn't on the ice. Is he battling a... Upper body injury. He's not battling the flu. It's more of an upper body injury and maintenance day for him. Okay. So nothing. he'll be out tonight. Yeah, nothing too serious? No, well, at this point, no. Yeah. Uh, so Kevin obviously has recovered enough from his illness to come back in? Yeah. Would Gilly be considered a healthy scratch tonight, or is he still kind of... He's still a bit under the weather, so yeah. we'll give him a good skate today. I don't think it'd be fair to, until he's 100% and throw him out there, so. See how he feels tonight. Yeah, he's uh, he's ready to go. Uh, we'll again, a good skate today, and uh, if he feels good about that, then we're going to have to make a make a decision. But he might be an option for tomorrow then, after that circumstance. Yep, he will be. Is the decision uh, an easy one, given the yeah with with Billy and his you know, kind of just waiver exempt, or would he look to? To try and send we'll, have, we'll have to figure that yeah, out. Yeah, you're not going to tell us. Yeah. Okay. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> can I say we'll see on that yeah, one? Yeah, you can. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. All right, there's Bones with the uh, injury report for tonight's game. We'll talk more about it, including Scott Billick's conversation along with the uh, media on the ground in Buffalo with general manager Kevin Shevel. Day off. Just before we do that, hey, we are in the middle of winter, folks, right now. you got to make sure your car is ready for you when you need it. And, uh, Manitoba Battery has you covered. If you're having a battery issue, uh, you can save time and money, and you won't even need to leave your house by getting the best price on batteries in town, and Manitoba Battery will deliver it to you citywide if you order it by 3 p.m. Of course, they're down at 1026 Logan Avenue. If you are in the area or you do think you're not entirely sure if you need a new battery, pop down Get a free test on it. If you need one, you'll get the best price in town and you'll shop local. And if you're sitting at home, that car won't start and you know it's time for a new battery, give Donnie and the gang a call or hit them up online at manitobabattery.com and you'll save time, money, and the gas to get down there as Manitoba Battery will deliver it to you same day anywhere in the city if you order it by 3 p.m. Manitoba Battery, keeping Winnipeggers and Manitobans on the road throughout the winter. On Logan Avenue, ManitobaBattery.com. Um, hey, we got to give a big congratulations again to Mark Hache, who was our unsung hero with Wallace and Wallace and Josh Morrissey announced yesterday on the program. We're already accepting submissions and nominations for January's unsung hero. And if you're not familiar, we've teamed up with the Dream Factory and Wallace and Wallace to recognize people in our community that are making a difference through volunteerism. Working around, I mean, listen, we've had some incredible winners so far that have done great works within local charities with a number of ones, dog rescues, Meals on Wheels and whatnot. Mark was a great example of that. Um, but listen, you know, we will accept nominations for people that are making a big difference in the lives of young people, helping through sports programs, um, after school programs, charity groups and more. Let us know about those people and even that one neighbor that just seems to be there for some of the uh, maybe older folks around the block that need a little bit of help as well. Send us an email, unsunghero at winnipegsportstalk.com. Our winner or the the winning unsung hero is going to get an autographed jersey from Jets All-Star defenseman Josh Morrissey. 
Wallace and Wallace is going to make a donation of $500 to the Dream Factory in the name of the WST listener that nominated the Unsung Hero and Josh and Margot Morris. So you're going to match that with another $500. So it's win, 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 win. Send us your emails with your nominations at unsunghero at winnipegsportstalk.com. Uh, a huge shout out to our friends at uh, Consolidated Supply. Still buzzing from the excitement and the glory of the Marbles Tournament of Champions. Winnipeg Walters going to be a bomber season ticket holder this year after winning it all. And as we look ahead to 2023, Consolidated Supply is ready for you. Thinking about a landscaping or irrigation issue or project on your uh, on your property, Consolidated Supply will help you. If you're thinking about maybe putting in that dream putting green or doing something involving artificial turf, they're the leaders in that as well. Outdoor kitchens, hot tubs, golf carts, and more. They've got it all. Find out what they can do for you online at cte.ca or pop down and see Joe Spicy and the gang. Open to the public consolidated supply, 1395 Nyakwa Road East. And just before we bring in, Scott Billick, I mentioned that Colflex oregano spray. Um, Vita Health is busy right now, and they should be. They've always been the headquarters for the best in natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, all at great prices. They've also got Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, too. But with so many people battling colds and sore throats, Colflex oregano spray is flying off the shelves, and Vita Health is where you get it. Made locally by Inatech Nutrition, Colflex oregano spray helps relieve coughs, sore throats, and helps to maintain immune function. Get yours today at any Vita Health location. And of course, if you're doing a sober January or Veganuary, you'll find a great selection of non alcoholic beverages and vegan and plant based options. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and online at myvita.ca. All right, let's get out to Buffalo before puck drop tonight and welcome in Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun. Scotty, how's life on the road? Uh, I'll tell you, it's not Veganuary here, that's for sure, and it <laughs> definitely hasn't been sober. So, uh, no, it's been good. It's been good. It's been a good uh, good road trip so far. Um, quick close to it tonight and tomorrow night in Pittsburgh and then back home on a 6 a.m. flight on Saturday. So, uh, not a lot of sleep here. Everybody's got a bit of the sniffles and all that stuff. You were talking about it earlier with Soise. Uh I think he told me today he'll be uh, – uh, he, he'll be playing. Uh, I guess that doesn't mean he's 100%. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's the whole Blake Wheeler. If I'm there, uh, I'm healthy, right? So, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those – it's going around everywhere. I mean, hey, at least you managed to uh, keep your phone with you the entire trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that phone thing, that, unbelievable. Because, like, I mean, obviously it happened to Mike, and I'm feeling bad, but I feel like I'm right there with him because – we're both trying to track down his phone. His wife is texting me, showing me where it's showing on the, like the Find My iPhone app. And and then literally, like, uh, so you didn't see it. But when we left to come here yesterday, he we get to the airport and he's like, oh, I'm going to go. He wanted to get some cold meds. He wasn't feeling well. So he goes and gets some cold meds and then he gets to the gate. We're about to board. He's like, I don't have my credit card on me. And so he runs back to the the store in the airport. It's still sitting in like the the mobile like uh, pay as you go like whatever thing. And it's like like and this comes in threes, right? So like we still got two more days of this trip. He's yeah. gonna lose something else, right? <laughs> it's been 
It's been wild, but it's been fun. So hey, uh, you know, before we we kind of like ran down um, everything about tonight's game, we'll get to that, and obviously maybe a little bit on the Detroit game in a minute. Yeah. Um, what was noteworthy was a, a rare opportunity to sit down with yeah. Kevin Shevel day off. I had joked with how well the Jets have played so far this year and where they are in the standings that you guys would have been sitting around and then the music would hit and Chevy would walk in with the Vince McMahon strut saying, what are we talking about? Obviously I'm joking, but it has been a great first half of the season, despite yeah. the way it ended in Detroit um, last week. Uh, tell us a little bit about this conversation and listen, I know you've had many of them because Kevin Chevrolet has been around for a while. This is something that happens every year around this time. Um, how would you describe it? And was it different at all than uh, previous years? Um, I, I wouldn't say different. I mean, you know, if there's one critique of Shovel Day off the speaker, it's, you know, he, he's great at saying a lot, but saying very little. But, you know, I think what was important yesterday and what I think fans wanted to hear was if the Jets are in a position in a month or well, two months time, a month and a half now, um, he said they're going to go for it. You know, his words were seize the moment. Um, if the opportunity is there, that they want to uh, take that opportunity. I, I think, you know, if you're reading between the lines, if you if you listen to it, I mean, I, you know, we, it's, there was only three of us there. Um, we sat down with him for almost 35 minutes yesterday. Um, and you read between the lines, and I think there's a large part of the 2017-18 season. And, and then they go into that, you know, okay, so you, it, there you try and seize the moment that year you didn't. But you wanted to seize the moment the next year with essentially the same club, and that team was the best team in the league at Christmas. And then we all know the rest of that story. Just didn't seize that moment. And I think, you know, from talking to Kevin Day off yesterday, it really sounded like, um, you know, they, they, they know where the opportunity is. They, they see it now. Um, they know that the players want the team to, to, to seize the moment as well. Um, because, you know, you never know when you're going to get back here. And, and you know, this is the thing, right? We, you know, this is the best team uh, record-wise the Jets have uh, since, since that 2017-18 season. Um, you know, there's a lot of parallels in terms of, you know, how they're playing, how Connor Hellebuck is playing, uh, the penalty kill, all that sort of stuff. So if this is the year and they make it through, you know, January is not an easy month, obviously, um, just given their schedule, it's just as condensed. Um, but if they can get through this month, get the week off and, and, and still be ahead of the game, um, you know, they'll be right there fighting still for first place. And at that point, the West is wide open, right? I mean, if you look at it, it's pretty much Winnipeg. Vegas, and then who knows what, right? Like if you look at at one Dallas, of course, shouldn't say, forget Dallas, but look where the Colorado Avalanche are. They're not in a playoff spot. Um, the last I checked, I think they're still ten points behind the Winnipeg Jets in the Central. Um, so you know, here's the here's your chance. If seize the moment becomes a new hashtag and whatever and all that kind of stuff, um, yeah, I mean, you know, well, from the, a the GM's per- go for it, right? from a GM's perspective. Yeah, like I don't really see 2019 as any different than 2018, other than they'd done the same thing the year before. I mean, they went and they got Paul Stastny, and that worked out well. Right. I mean, I would almost argue they were more aggressive in 2019 right. from a GM's perspective. You know, going and getting Kevin Hayes and the other guys. There was a number of players that sort of came in, um, and it didn't work for the club. And the one thing I'll say, listen. You know, we are as guilty of this as fans. I mean, we always talk about what could happen. I mean, they're fun hockey conversations that happen in these sort of formats. Yeah. But you'd be hard-pressed to go and show 
all of those trade deadline deals, how many of them actually really, truly helped the club, certainly put them over the top. And it often comes at far greater a cost when you look at what happened afterwards. And, you know, one of the things that I'll give them credit for throughout this period of all the injuries where not jumping on, and as he mentioned, I, I was watching what he had to say with Sarah, yeah. The other GMs aren't always giving you a lifeline. Sometimes they're giving you an anchor yeah. and trying to take a problem off of their hands. But in a lot of ways, it is the core of your group that is going to be what makes or breaks your season. Can you make the team better? Can you, you know, can you make some additions that can help you get over that hump? For sure. But right now, and I mean, it really goes right down the middle from Connor Hellebuck to Josh Morrissey to the three guys playing in the middle and Lowry, Shifley, and Dubois. That, and uh, you know, so I'm not ignoring Kyle Connor or any of the other guys, but you know what I'm saying? That core yep. of the Winnipeg Jets has gotten them to this point where they sort of do put the onus on the general manager to do everything he can to, in his mind, round out the lineup. Yeah. But the bottom line is right now, as we sit here at the halfway point of the season, the core of the Winnipeg Jets team, as well as the depth that maybe not a lot of people knew was there before, is the reason why we're sitting here talking about a team sniffing first place. Agreed. Yeah. And, and I think if you look at how teams have won Stanley Cups in recent years, um, you know, it hasn't been adding always that big name piece to do it. As you said, it, it's a largely been about rounding out the roster what are your needs do you need you know if you're st louis blue or if you're the if you're the tampa bay lightning and you need to get tougher in the bottom six you go out and pick up patrick maroon right if you're the colorado avalanche and you need a you know a middle six guy you go out and get a terry lekkinen and those were the guys that helped them win the game it didn't uh upset the core or anything like that it didn't change anything um it, it strengthened uh, a part of the roster that just needed a little bit of more oomph and and in both of those cases, when you think about it, and even last year with the Lightning going out and getting Brandon Hagel and, and, and Nick Paul, you know, Nick Paul essentially won them the series against the Toronto Maple Leafs that year. So it's always about, you know, it, it, it's it's a crapshoot, right? You don't always know if the guy, I mean, Kevin Hayes, the Jets have a perfect example of this. Kevin Hayes was supposed to be the second line center. He ended on the fourth line, right? Like it, sometimes it doesn't always work out, but then you see the Paul Stasny's of the world where he fit in seamlessly, and this is a team that wanted to sign Paul Stasny after that that, that short stint he had with them on to the way to the Western Finals. So, it, it, yeah, it, it's difficult to do this. One thing that Kevin Shoveldayev said yesterday was, you know, they're not afraid to spend. They've shown that in the past. They've spent draft capital. They've spent money. Um, but the one thing he said that I thought was interesting is they haven't always dipped into prospect capital, right, you know, selling prospects. And I think this year, uh, if you're thinking about it, um, this might be the year where the Jets start throwing out some of their prospects to try and get what they need, right? And that's where you take some of these more bigger swings, right? If you want a Johnny Taves or if you want a Bo Horvat or you want, a, uh, you know, if you want to be in the mix for some of these big names come March 3rd, um, you're not going to be able to be, just be giving away first rounders or whatever it is. And you might not want to give away first rounders. There's been a lot of talk this year about this 2023 draft class being really deep and I completely agree right and there's even second round picks that that teams aren't going to want to trade because you could get a good player fall into that second round still well and Um, and just quickly on that Scott I mean one of the things that you know we have to think about and I'm sure Kevin Chevaldeoff does each and every day 
is where his team is at and the contract statuses of some well, of the most yeah. important players on the club. And, you know, who knows? I mean, nothing can be guaranteed outside of the next two seasons. And even next year, I think, is very much up in the air because certainly from my perspective, if Kevin Chevalier knows that he is going to lose a Dubois or a Hellebuck, um, to lose them for nothing would really be a setback for the franchise. So, I, I mean, you have to get to the point where you are doing the moves that you think will help you win right now, but not completely mortgaging a future that is still quite bright with everyone in the uh, everyone in the system. You know, we're going to be talking about to Jack Declan Chisholm a little later on, who's of right. course the Moose representative for the American Hockey League, and. You know, you've got Vili Hainala, you've got Dylan Sandberg, these guys that are having, well, Vili right now, you know, being great on the cusp, the bubble, if you will. Logan Stanley's been injured. He'll be back in the mix, presumably, when he's there. Uh, I sort of ride with you on that, that the prospects might be more likely to move than potentially their first-round pick this year because yeah. in a couple years when they might need that player to come in, this is the time to do it as well. Is Rucker McGrory, Chaz Lucius, Brad Lambert. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, that is the next generation of these young Jet players that will maybe be replacing some of the guys that are either finishing up their careers or going elsewhere. One of the things that I heard Shevel Dayoff say, and it makes a lot of sense to me, and not as much because of the situation the Jets are in right now, Scott, but yeah. more because of the market that they're in, difficulties in getting players in free agency, is that the team might be more interested if they're making deals to get players with term that might be around for longer than a Bo Horvat or a Jonathan Taves that are only signed until the end of the season. Chevy, touch on that at all, and uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, he wouldn't dive into it. You know, Kevin Trouble-Deaf wouldn't dive into exactly his targets, right? Um, we have heard that, you know, Ivan Provorov might be one of those guys. Um, and Ivan Provorov is somebody that they targeted before, um, way back to the Patrick Laine deal, right? Um, looking for that defenseman. Ivan Provorov, a defenseman, um, has struggled in Philly. There seems to be frustration on both sides of the fence there um, for those guys, both player and club. Um, but he has some term left. I believe he has two or three years left on his contract um, after this season. And so, yeah, I mean, this is the thing, right? This team has always wanted to trade for term when they do it, right? If you look at the Brendan Dillon deal or the Nate Schmidt deal, both had term, right? I mean, those are the things that this team likes because you never know. It's hard to re-sign these guys if it works out here. But what are they going to do? Are they going to shove Bo Horvat, you know, $9 million a year when they're trying to, you know, potentially also pay Mark Shifley, Connor Hellebuck, and, and potentially even Pierre-Luc Dubois, you know, exorbitant amounts of money to stay here? It's difficult to do that. So if you can get a, a Provorov, I suppose that, that works. But yeah, he didn't really talk too much about exactly. I mean, he never does about you know exactly who they're targeting. Or even you know, I even asked him yesterday. You know, if right now if you had to go buy somebody, where do you see those those fits on this team? Where does this team get need to get better? And you know, he kind of dodged the question by saying, "Well, we don't really know right now. I mean, part of the problem is it's January, not March, and you don't know who's going to be injured." Lots can happen in the next six weeks. Right? Well, and the team looks date. a lot different than it did a week ago before exactly, all those guys came back. Guys back. Exactly, right? So they don't, you know, they're almost relearning what this team at full strength is, what the strengths and weaknesses are of this team, right? I mean, if you think about it, I mean, they haven't had one of their top six forwards essentially for 11 weeks, almost the whole first half of the season. Nikolai Ehlers was out. 
and then you know you got the Blake Wheeler injury and 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 Cole Perfetti and Manalina and all these guys, right? Um, so, but you know, again, I think it was really important yesterday what he said, and he even talked about that about the win now mentality because you don't know the future, and then so Shovel Day offset, and you know you you want to be in the moment right now, you want to live in the moment because you don't know what that's going to be. So he, he talked yesterday about you know behind the scenes, this staff has looked at a lot of stuff, looked at different players, all that. Um, but he said, you know, at the front office or, you know, talking to us in, in the media, it's business as usual right now. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, the, the, again, there's, you know, if this is the year, I mean, you know, lots of people are thinking, oh, the Jets might make this massive swing for one of these big names players. But at the same time, that might not always necessarily be warranted um, come the playoffs. Because, you know, the other thing Shevelov said about this year and why this the team's been a bit successful is that they could have gone out in the summer and got a player that would have moved Cole Perfetti maybe down the roster or moved Morgan Barron down the roster, but they didn't, right? You know, we, we criticized him in the summer for maybe having that slow summer, the quiet summer. Um, but, you know, in the end, it, or at least with hindsight now, you kind of look at that and you're like, okay, well, you know, maybe this was the right decision to just bring in a Sam Gagne and a Saku Manalainen and a Kevin Stenland and all that. Because you wanted your your younger players like the Perfettis and the Barons and even the Sambergs and the Hainalas and that sort of thing to kind of grow and, and get that opportunity to play. It, it's a bit of a shift from what we've seen before, right? I mean, this was always a team that brought in veterans to populate the fourth line. And, you know, it was different under Paul Maurice. Under 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 Rick Bonus now, it's always been it, it's it's been since he got here very much about instilling confidence in young and old. It doesn't matter what the age is or the gap or anything like that. It's always just been about, can you do the job and can I give you the tools to do it? And he's been able to do that with a lot of his players. I mean, look at the guys that are having career years. If we even think, we'll say that Neil Pionk is maybe struggling right now. Neil Pionk's already set his career mark in goals this season, right? So yeah, his defensive game might be taking a bit of a a dip. Um, I think he's still battling through something right now, which is part of the problem. Um, but you know, he's on pace through 41 games to double his career, um, high in goals totals. Right. So there's been a lot of those types of things with this team that, you know, you wonder, are they going to pull a, a lightning or are they going to try and take a big swing and try? And so we'll see, we'll see what Kevin Sheveldayoff has learned from these other teams in recent years, um, and how they've kind of populated their lineups at the trade deadline and supplemented them. Um, going forward to try and make a big deep, uh, a deep t- playoff push. Well, it's funny you compare and you kind of use that um, example of the lightning last year. Yeah. Because I think there's not to compare the Jets to the lightning that have been the standard for the NHL and won back to back championships, but the move they made, I remember doing the show and go, wait a second, they just traded two first round picks for Hegel? Yeah. yeah. And then we sort of did a little digging and realized that he's got two more years at one and a half million dollars and fits in perfectly you know with their group with their salary structure as well as you know has a future going forward and nick paul was a guy they brought over and you know he was a, i believe he was a ufa they signed him afterwards um and got him to stay being part of a group and you know he has been been there i think maybe some of those deals if they are made Certainly, if you're talking about trading prospects or picks, those sort of things, mm-hmm. it might be more players that have more than just this one season and this one yeah. playoff run in them. And that would be a little different than some of the trades that they've made before. But the bottom line is, and I mean, you know, for all the criticism that Shevel Dayoff took, 
I think you got to give him some credit for sticking to yep. his guns because the one thing that I think he can look anybody in the face and say is the depth of this organization was better than people gave them credit for. And whether it was some of those moves like a Stenlin that came in in the summer to no fanfare whatsoever or other players that have gotten the opportunity to come up and show that they can hang with this club. Those are the guys that got them through maybe the most adverse period of this entire season when it comes to the schedule combined with the injuries. And here we are with this team right around first place in the central at the midway point. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he has to be given credit for it. I, I agree with you hundred percent. I mean, I, I, I've said this before. I think a few of us snickered when, when he said, you know, it was a seismic change to bring in Rick Bonus, and you know, you look forty-one games in, and you're like, he was wow, right. Yeah. You throw your hands in the air, you're like, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, I tap right. Like, you're right. It's true, and and that's you know, like it, the first line, like my lead of my season preview, essentially was asking the question of how, you know, we're going to find out how impactful a head coach can be, um, and we've seen it. I mean, we've seen him. Well, he, he's whispered to Mark Shifley. Pierre-Luc Dubois, obviously Josh Morrissey, um, all these guys, right? He's gotten, he's getting career years out of all of these guys. Um, and he's done it too, where you're right. I mean, I think part of the problem with why we didn't know how deep this club was, though, in terms of their depth, was we never really got to see a lot of them, right? We saw Christian Reich a little bit last year, and we saw Vili Heinola at, at times, right? But this team was always more veteran-laden, it's the way Paul Maurice liked it. You know, it was more of a three-line team instead of a four-line team. Rick Bonus has wanted to make this a four-line team because he knows, you know, when, when he was in Dallas, he needed a four-line team to get to the Stanley Cup final. And and Tampa had a better four-line team and, and won that year in the, the first cup in the bubble that, that, that season. So, you know, I, I think there's been a, I want to call it an epiphany because I, I don't know if that's respectful enough to, to Kevin Day off. But, you know, when, you, when you're stuck, not stuff. When you have the same coach for a long time and that sort of thing, when you're not looking around at, you know, what's different out there and that sort of thing, um, you maybe just forget the fact that, you know, the game's evolving and, and you kind of miss some of that. And this year it seems that this team has kind of decided that it'd be a good idea to start pulling some of the youth in. You know, they, they talked about drafting developed forever and yet they weren't really, they were developing and they were drafting, but they weren't really pushing it on to the NHL all the time, except for their first round picks, right? And obviously the Connor Hellbucks in the fifth round and that sort of thing. But, you know, you weren't seeing some of these other guys. I mean, Billy Hanel was a first round pick um, four years ago now, uh, coming this, this this June. So, yeah, I, I think there's, you know, there, there's good reason to to give, you know, Day of credit and, and his team credit for, you know, essentially standing pat in the summer and thinking, okay, well, we're getting a new coach. He'll let us know whether, you know, what they have is adequate or not. And he's been able to extract, you know, some some really good things out of this team. That's not to say this team doesn't have a long way to go. Rick Bonus will be the first one to say it. He's not been happy with these last pair of games. Um, one of them was a win. The other one was a loss. But just the way that they've, they've won and lost those games isn't the way that they want to do either, right? Um, but, you know, a fresh set of eyes on this team with the talent that they had. Um, really changed the complexion of this team, you know, uh, in, in a half a year, essentially, right? No, here, and, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it starts with yeah. Bones um, and uh, yeah. everyone's followed the lead. And, you know, I don't know, I'm going to talk to Brandon about this. I mean, I was, 
Listen, anyone that watched the show yesterday, I was so fired up going into the Detroit game <laughs> because of what was on the table. And I think that made that loss that much more disappointing because it would have been such a great story. It would have been great for the organization, the fan base to have Bones right. there at the All-Star game. Big picture, it doesn't matter. But it would have been a cool story, a cool part of this story that this team is authoring so far this season. And I think the disappointment of that loss, and certainly the way things started off and getting down, it was a tough game for Connor. Maybe overlooked just how dominant the Jets were in the second half of that second two periods of that oh, hockey yeah. game. Um, it was wild. But I got to ask you one more thing before we go. And yep. I mean, you're there with the team. It sounds like Sacramento Lion is very close and could return tomorrow, tomorrow. night. Yeah. Um, if he's activated, how do you think they handle this? Is this the time when Capabianco goes on to waivers? Um, or is it yeah. a forward? Um, or well, is it Philly Hanley going back to the Moose? Um, you know, unfortunately, some more bad luck, supposedly in the lineup last game and obviously came up sick and couldn't go. Well, I'll figure this. If David Gustafson's injured, and if he's injured dating back to, let's say, the Detroit game, and, you know, they, if Manaline comes in and Gustafson's not good to go tomorrow, well, you might, you might just do that, right? You might just put him on, on, on IR, and that frees up the spot to, you know, to bring Manaline back in without having to make that decision yet. But you're right. You know, here's the thing. You can only kick this can down the road for so long before you do have to make a decision. In my mind, I think they wanted to give Villy a game. Well, they did. They wanted to give Villy the game in in, in Detroit. And at 4 p.m., uh, you know, he's been – the sickness keeps going through the, the room here. Um, and Stenland, I, I believe he rooms with Stenland. Stenland was also ill, so those guys kind of got each other sick and, and went from there. Um, I think Villy would have played tonight, but he's not 100%. Um, I still think they want to see Villy again. I'm interested about Capobanco. I am. Um, you know, like, here's the thing. I, I know they like him and he's here, but they're not using him, right? I mean, it, it seems to be between Billy and and Sandberg. He's but an insurance policy. Lose, right. But do they want to lose? Exactly. You're right. But but do they not already have the insurance? Like, if they believe that Billy can do the job, is he now not the insurance policy? And why wouldn't you just keep him here? He has more upside, in my opinion, than Capobianco. But but some will argue that Capobianco has played better in terms of, I mean, he's produced, he's got a goal, um, those sorts of things. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's a tough one to answer because they don't know where they are. You know, would they put Carson Coleman on waivers? I mean, it's been more than 10 games in 30 days, so it's not like Seattle can just um, uh, scoop him up, I don't believe, as long as I got my, my dates and my games right there with Coleman. I think he's played 12 now with the Jets. Um, so, you know, do they try with him? Uh, because... Is Carson Coleman going to stay in the lineup when Manalining comes out anyways? I, I don't know. And, you know, I thought Gus had a pretty good game in, in Detroit um, when he played, and he, I, I don't believe he was supposed to play in that game because Stenlin, Stenlin was going to play, um, but then he was also sick as well. So, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting, right? They have a, a – it, Rick Bonus said it's a tough decision. They have tough decisions to make. It's part of the problem when you've been injured as you were. You, you were at one point carrying 29 guys on your, on, on your roster. Um, because of, of all the uh, guys on IR and, and dealing with that. So they've already lost Esmont. They lost Kovacevic earlier in the year to waivers. Um, they didn't lose uh, Jansen Harkins, but are they willing to lose uh, Capo Bianco? Are they willing to lose a third guy um, to, to try and make that work? Are they willing to lose Kuhlman even um, to try and make that work? Even David Gustafson needs waivers uh, now if they wanted to try and 
send him and I, I I'm assuming he'd be snapped up immediately. So um Billy might be the guy and it's simply because he's the one that doesn't um pose any threat of the team um at least losing well, another body. Well, here's the thing right? too. If they know that they're going to be going forward and he probably won't be playing very much, they got to keep him playing. They got to uh, keep agree him with playing. You. Yeah. I mean And I'm sure he would agree yeah. too. Um although yeah. the checks better in the National Hockey League than it is in the <laughs> AHL. Of course. Yeah. Um but at a certain point, when the rubber hits the road, I'm with you. I think Philly is the guy that would be going into the lineup. Um, yeah. And, you know, you do wonder whether Capobianco would get picked up. But as we've seen so far, yeah, there I mean, has been some, uh, there has been a few, um, uh, I mean, there's claims, been some guys right? picked up that maybe yeah. we didn't expect and some guys that made it through that maybe not. So yeah. uh, all sets up for an interesting one tonight. Billick, thanks as always, man. Great to have you on the program. Travel safely and uh, don't miss that 6 a.m. on Saturday. Uh, I'll do my best. We got a three-hour road trip to Pittsburgh tonight, me, Mike, and Kenny. So that's going to be a wild one too. So hopefully, don't lose the car and all this. Oh, you guys are doing the driving. Kate, yeah, I think no you guys need. Flights, so you guys need brutal. to pull a uh, Hamilton and Ted. Get oh, on the gram. Get on the yeah. gram and start right. doing a. Uh, start doing that. Would, that Kenny and Rennie should be live from the car, basically firing it up. It, put up like a, a phone, and then we could do like the three-pronged kind of attack on Kenny's side with Sean in his already in his Pittsburgh hotel room because he's down there tomorrow night for Sportsnet. So, yeah, I don't know, it'd be fun. should be fun. We'll see what happens. Not everybody is as Graham-friendly uh, uh, <laughs> in this group as they are with Hammer and uh, and Teddy, obviously. So Thanks for doing this, buddy. Enjoy the game tonight. Yeah, anytime, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right, there is uh, – Here's our guy, Scott Billick, with the Winnipeg Sun. Uh, we're going to have Brandon Rewicki join us in just a second. Uh, but i got to give a shout-out to our friends over at Royal Sports, the uh, undisputed, undefeated heavyweight champs of all things hockey here in Winnipeg with the best hockey selection in the city. Uh, but also, well, for my money, one of the best sports stores on the freaking planet, to be honest. Um, listen, Jets fans know if you're looking for Jets merchandise, Royal's the place to go. Thousands of pieces of merch, tons of exclusives, as well as those great new retro reverse jerseys that uh, – I got one for Christmas, and uh, we've seen many of them at the games as of late. Bomber gear, Raptors, Blue Jays, soccer. And uh, with the skating trails open right now, if you're thinking about a pair of skates and you're looking for something a little more affordable just for casual outdoor skating as opposed to high-performance hockey, Royal can help you with that too. Pop by 750 Pemina Highway and make sure to check them on Instagram and give them a follow at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. Uh, guys, as you head into 2023, you might be thinking about making a few improvements. And if you're thinking about up in your wardrobe game, there's only one place you need to go. Pop down and see Andrew and the gang at F Apparel at 190 Smith Street. Custom suits beginning at 400 bucks. Many of those sweet shots you see of the Jets heading down the tunnel are wearing F apparel suits. Um, they'll come in, get you measured up. You'll decide exactly the way you want it. In a couple of weeks, you'll have a beautiful new suit at an amazing price, as we say, beginning at 400 bucks. They've also got golf pants, chinos, um, custom shirts, and more. Tons of accessories and great deals for wedding parties and 2023 grads. So, guys, before you rent a tux or do anything, Talk to F Apparel, pop down and see him, or check them out online and make an appointment at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. Early game tonight. Great day to maybe get together for a little happy hour and then stick around 
to watch the game on the big screen with the big sound at your local Boston pizza. Happy hour specials every day from 3 to 6 and 9 to 12. And great options on the new seasonal menu, including the mac and cheeseburger carbonara pizza and my personal favorite, the spicy jalapeno popper dip. Get it at your local BP today. And if you're staying at home, you can always order online at bostonpizza.com. All right, let's welcome in the host of Skates and Plates, our great friend Brandon Wiki for a little more Jets talk and more. B, what's going on? How are you? Tailgate takedown on the Food Network, so I'm doing pretty good. Not too Tailgate bad. Tailgate takedown. How am I not aware about this uh, of this program? Yeah, Vince Wilfork's the host too, and he's he's slowed down on. quite a bit since his day. Yeah, he's he's looking pretty good. Um, it was funny too because the episode was Broncos Colts. Uh, like fans from each of the teams and they both sucked the whole time. So they followed, they like, it was an exact replication of the, how the seasons went for both of them. But other than that, it was a pretty good show. You know, listen, maybe we'll get to a little NFL talk at the end, but let's start off with the Winnipeg Jets. And I, uh, I'm back. I'm fired up for this game, the second half of the season, but man, I was down after the game against Detroit because I think like everyone, you realize that, you know, Bonus on the bench would have been so cool. And again, I know I've talked about this a lot, but I mean, it was a big story going into that game. But I'm wondering whether the result of that game and the disappointment of that sort of clouded my my view of the game. Because to be honest, I went back and watched some of it. And my God, the Jets looked like the freaking Globetrotters for half that game yeah. last night. And you look back and they gave up 22 shots in the game. Now, listen, there were absolutely some breakdowns. Hellebuck didn't have a great game, but I'm interested in your perspective. Was it as much of a defensive disaster as many people painted out to be, or was it a tough start, a tough night for Connor Hellebuck, and just a game that no matter how hard they pushed, something bad happened when it went back into their own end? Yeah, I mean, they, they didn't look sharp to start. Um, you know, it wasn't... I guess I would rather have games like that than where you're hemmed inside your own zone the entire, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. these, these to me seem more like one-offs. They, the, the jets have been pretty consistent in terms of, of, you know, not giving up easy ones all season long. And, and this was the game where it was kind of the opposite of that, especially in the first, it was just, you know, turnover central all over the place. And it was just life was too easy for the Red Wings. I would say in the first 20 to 30 minutes of the game, but <laughs> in the third period, Detroit, I think, got half a chance in that entire frame, and it was the deflection goal that kind of, you know, flukily ended up past Connor Hellebuck. But other than that, the Red Wings were, it was a five-on-five penalty kill for Detroit the entire third period. Like, I wouldn't change anything the way the Jets played in the third. It was just, they dug themselves too big of a hole um, just in terms of execution, I guess, more so than anything effort-based in in the first 40 minutes there. So, I mean, it, it comes off the heels of giving up, what was it, four or five to, to Vancouver a little while uh, you know, in, in the game previous to that. But I, I don't think it's anything alarming. I, I think to me, you know, it's been half a season now, essentially. I think the team deserves a little bit of rope that, you know what, they're just going to have a stinker every now and then. And it, it's not really emblematic of, of how they played the entire season. But yeah, like you said, just sucks more so that. You know, you you wanted this one for Bones to get the All Star nod because it looks like the uh, the Jack Adams push locally and, and nationally and all that is is for Jim Montgomery, who's done great with the Bruins. But it, you know what? It, it looks like 
that Jack Andrews might be out of reach for Bones. So it would have been nice to get him an all-star nod. Well, I mean, listen, we're only halfway halfway into the season. And listen, I get it. The Boston Bruins are putting, I mean, listen, they're on a historic pace right now. And if they can continue this run, I guess you'll give that to Jim Montgomery. Uh, But I still maintain the job Rick Bonus has done has been head and shoulders above just about everything else. I mean, you can talk about DeBoer, you can talk about Cassidy, you can sure as hell talk about Montgomery. And I mean, they're going into teams that were playoff teams. I mean, I know Vegas was decimated with injuries last year, but they had that, they had the roster. There wasn't a lot of people that had that confidence that Winnipeg would be where they are this year. And it all goes back. I mean, it wasn't a bunch of changes within the roster. It was the head coach. And I just knew that if Rick Bonus was there, A, it would have been an amazing story for a guy that's been on the bench for over 2,600 games and has never been there before. And uh, it also would have been get some nice recognition of people actually maybe realizing what the hell's going on in Winnipeg. That being said, uh, you know, Jets against everyone, uh, you know, you just have to go and keep on winning games and maybe people will pay attention later on this season. And we all know that when it counts the most is the postseason and the team has put themselves in a very good spot for that. Um, but anyways, that was a dis- that was disappointing. And I couldn't tell whether Bones was just disappointed that the team wasn't able to get over or whether there was a bit of personal disappointment. But he was pretty down after that game. But it wasn't, I mean, he calls out when his team plays like crap or whatever. I and mean, he's not shy to do that. And that wasn't really the case afterwards. All that being said, they got another opportunity tonight to get after it against the Buffalo Sabres. And this Sabres team, Brandon, I know you watch a lot of teams out, you know, in the East. I can't get enough of Buffalo because the one, the one thing that you know you're going to get is a wild hockey game. I mean, games like Tuesday for the Jets and Red Wings, Sabres, no stranger to that. They can score them in bunches and they'll often give them up in bunches. And the Jets are going to be going up against, and I know people might be surprised they haven't been paying attention, one of the most lethal lines in the National Hockey League with a rejuvenated Jeff Skinner, Tage Thompson, who's turned into a legit superstar, and Alex Tuck, one of the most underrated players in the NHL. Yeah, who would have, before the season, who would have guessed that Jets Sabres would feature two of the five best lines in all of hockey? Right? Like, I mean, the Tage Thompson thing, I, I can't get enough of. And Buffalo... I think I think this year Buffalo is everyone's second favorite team. Like you have you have whoever your your normal favorite team is, but everybody's on the Buffalo train. They're, they're just they're they're too much fun right now. And Tage Thompson is just outside of McDavid for me. He's the most electric player in, in hockey right now. Like he's 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 out of this world good. And and the resurgence of Jeff Skidder is hilarious too, especially because he's doing it a lot more in the assist call than the goal call, and that that we're kind of accustomed to seeing with him, but. Look, it, it didn't go well for the team against Detroit, but it's back-to-back nights now since Nick Ehlers came back. And, you know, I said this on, on Skates and Plates in our last episode. There, there's there's no reason Dubois, Connor, Ehlers can't be one of, if not the best lines in, in all of hockey. I mean, it, it's, it's so rare to have three all-star level talents all playing together on the same line. A lot of the times you'll see, you know, two all-stars then kind of a, a complementary or a support piece to go along with them. But man, to, to have that much dynamic talent all stacked up together here, I, I, I really think the sky is the ceiling for, for Dubois, Ehlers, and Connor. So I don't know what the matchup's going to be tonight, but sign me up if it's going to be Dubois up against Thompson all night. Because like entertainment-wise, that, that's, that's the beauty one. That's the one that every, all the fans want to see happen. Oh, man, let's go toe-to-toe, best-on-best, and see what happens. Um, 
I have a feeling it might look like the Detroit game, though. <laughs> That's yeah, the case. Phones might not like that, but hey, you won't have last change. That'll be up to uh, up to Don Granado. And uh, our boy T-Kona Pauly, what's up, Pauly, makes a great point, too. Um, we got two Norris candidates going at it uh, head-to-head yeah. tonight. And we know what Josh Morrissey's done. Um, Rasmus Dahlin, for people that haven't pay- been paying attention, has turned into the guy that they hoped they were picking when they were on the clock with that number one overall pick. Yeah, you know, it's people forget sometimes that, especially defensemen more so than forwards. Eighteen-year-old defensemen. <laughs> well, and like the Kale McCars are once in a generation. It, it's just and and Hedman was like this too. Like it took Hedman what three, maybe four years. Yeah, until until he became the force that that he has been for for nearly a decade now. It's. You know, it's it's not easy, especially for a European guy to come over, different ring, different playing style, all that, and people are losing their minds because he's not a a point per game defenseman at twenty one. But yeah, he and it's funny too because him and Morrissey are, are are very similar stylistically too. Like they, the way they play the game, the way they skate, and the way they attack offensively is 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 very similar. So for for me, Morrissey, Darlene are are just behind Fox and Carlson in in terms of. The uh, the top of the Norris voting halfway through the year, so you know how how they're going to be able to kind of stake a charge in the second half is going to be great. But yeah, I mean, again, it's just it's awesome with the Sabers. They're they're loaded with high end talent. They they just need to figure out how to to piece together the 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 lower parts of the lineup and add a little bit more depth there. But when you when you talk about the forward group that that's high end for for Buffalo, and then you know the Darlene versus Morrissey battle on the back end that. It's fireworks of plenty. It's it's going to be a beauty tonight. If it's if it's three two, I'm going to be really disappointed in both teams. I, I want I want six five. No defense. We'll figure that out after the All Star break. Yeah, Connor Hellebuck doesn't want six five, and he'll do his best <laughs> to stop that. But you're right. I mean, uh, there's a reason why every Buffalo game when we do the cool bet lines is uh, minus a big number on over six and a half and. You might be able to convince me of a seven or seven and a half number, and I might still hit the over on tonight's game because of what's coming up. Um, I just quickly want to talk about Morrissey for a minute. And, you know, this maybe was lost a little bit in the discourse yesterday on the program. Is he adding a couple more clubs in his bag lately? That Spinorama move that he did three or four times, and I think I said this to Marat yesterday, the only answer Detroit had for it was to literally grab his jersey, inexplicably not called. Um, like, we talk about confidence and guys that are feeling it. I- I'm not sure that there's been a point all year where I saw Josh Morrissey look as complete in control of the game as the second half of that game against the Red Wings. Yeah, he he was he was USC Reggie Bush in that one. Yeah. It, was, it was crazy. And it was, in the th- again, the third period. It was like three shifts in a row. I mean, at some point, you would think the Red Wings wingers would be like, okay, we think we know what's coming here. But it, it was just spin cycle after spin cycle. And I, I I made the point before on the show, so I don't want to repeat myself too much. But I just I can't remember the last time we've seen a player go from good to elite in so many different categories in their mid-20s as opposed to in their early 20s, right? Like so, sometimes you see guys take leaps when they're 19, 20, 21, but it's really rare for them to do it six, seven, eight years into their career. And and that's what we've seen out of Josh Morrissey, more so this season than last season. But I thought even last season he took a bit of a leap forward with a with a number when you're talking about skills and his 
his skating ability where, you know, it was good before, but now he's no doubt one of the best in the entire NHL at it. And, and yeah, there, there's no doubt when you talk about Makar, when you talk about Fox and I guess even Darlene now, Morrissey belongs in that sentence. It's, it's, I, I don't think this is a one-off. Like this is kind of the, the expectation moving forward here that the Jets have themselves one of the best offensive defensemen in all of hockey. Yeah, and I know I don't know comment. I don't know what you're talking about here. I mean, like let's let's uh, let's face it. I mean, Josh Morrissey's having a monster season, and I mean, Kale McCarr. What's he known for? His points. Well, he's not a point a game player right now at this point. He probably will be by the end. And I mean, I'm not diminishing Kale McCarr at all. Um, but again, a lot of people, if you don't pay attention, this is sort of going under the radar, like a lot of the things the Winnipeg Jets have done so far this year. And if we're not talking about it, nobody's talking about it. So we're going to keep talking about it here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, let me ask you this that I just hit Billick with. It sounds like Sacramento Lion is going to be able to return um, to the lineup potentially as early as tomorrow. What's the roster move um, that accommodates him coming back in? I mean, uh, regardless of, I mean, presumably, I guess if he's in, he'll be in the lineup. Um, you know, is it Carson Kuhlman or... Is it Vili Hainala because it's easy and you don't you don't lose anyone? Or has Vili shown enough and is a big enough part of being the next guy up that they would risk putting Kyle Capabianco on waivers with the risk of losing him from the organization? Yeah, you know, I I don't for me I wouldn't send Hainala down. I, I think I think the jet I mean the plan it looked like was to have this stable of seven defensemen and that maybe Sandberg and Hainala would rotate every handful of games and that that to me is the the preferred option where you just keep both of them fresh and they both get playing time at this level because to me it's it's regression sending them down to the AHL at this point there's nothing for either of them to learn and I think they've shown they can handle at the very least sheltered third pair minutes if if not maybe a little bit more than that so that that to me would be that that would be a step in the wrong direction for sure um I might you know I, I I'm not a huge lover of Kuhlman's game it's gotten a lot of opportunities with the club. And and you kind of mentioned this before. Maybe it's looking through it with a bit of a, a biased lens because he got so much time in, in the top six and he didn't contribute there, but that's not really his game. So it's a little unfair to him. But I, I think for, for me, it would be either Kuhlman or Capabianco. I don't have a, a major preference one way or the other. Um, I, I think Kuhlman would go through waivers because when the Jets picked him up, they would have been pretty far down the list for, for him to get to him. So maybe you assume that one of the the clubs that are at the top of the standings wouldn't be in a rush to get somebody like Kuhlman. So if you're worried about somebody going through waivers and being claimed, then I guess Kuhlman would be the pick. Um, but if it's Capabianco, you know, I'm not so sure that teams are in a rush to grab him off waivers. I, I guess to, to answer your question in a, a long roundabout way is just don't make it be Hanela going down. If it's if it's one of the other guys, I'm okay with that. But I think Villy's shown that you know whether it's the sixth or the seventh defenseman that he he's got himself a role with this team and he can contribute that way. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm sort of with you on this, and and I think that this wouldn't be I wouldn't be making this I wouldn't be taking this side I guess of it if we didn't see you know real growth um, and a guy that can play uh, a guy that can absolutely play in your top six with the games that he's played so far. I mean, he does have Murphy's luck. I mean, man, I mean, for crying out loud, he's just getting ready to get back in and he gets sick late in the afternoon and, you know, won't play tonight. I would imagine he'll be a possibility for tomorrow and that might be the move going forward. But I always read this situation once we saw how things went with Villy with the Moose early on 
and Capabianco in the press box was that they needed Villy to play. They knew they could send him through waivers and he could get that playing time that he needed. And Capabianco, in a lot of ways, is sort of an insurance policy for the more offensive skating defensemen that the Winnipeg Jets have. Josh Morrissey and Neil Pionk. And if one of those guys went down, he could be a guy that you could pop in into the lineup and play it. This is not, I have nothing bad to say about Capabianco. To be honest, I didn't know a lot about him beforehand. When he's been in the lineup, he's certainly been fine. But if Hanela is the guy with the future that's able to do it, I think he's, I think we've already seen it's, he was the one that was going in. It wasn't Capabianco. So if that is the case, at what point do you say, okay, we can go? Now, listen, from an organizational standpoint, and we heard Sheffield Dayoff in his conversations with the media and Ked Sarah yesterday talk about how many defense you need when you get into the playoffs. And this is a nice spot right now with how many guys are healthy. Don't be surprised at all if the situation's very different in a week or two weeks. And that's at a point where a guy like that could be an asset because you might actually need him. But right now, given the 23-man roster, it is going to be a tough decision. And um, I almost would, I would be fine with them keeping him around if the priority is to make sure you've got more depth on defense and see Kuhlman, see if Kuhlman passes waivers and get Menelainen in there because Menelainen was great playing with with Lowry and Barron and certainly has done nothing, I think, to uh, show that that was any sort of a flash in the pan. Yeah, and I think... I think you can replace a guy like Kuhlman on weight. Like I, I think there's a Carson Kuhlman type player up front that gets on waivers every once in a while. So I think, you know, in, in theory, you could find a replacement for him pretty easily. It's always difficult in terms of defensemen to, to find somebody that you think would, would fit in well with your organization. And it seems you're right. It seems like Capabianco's done that uh, to my surprise, for sure. Didn't have high hopes, but he's, he has been good in the games that, that he's gotten in so far. And I'm I'm intrigued to see Menelainen back in. Um, I'm I'm intrigued to see where he would fit into the lineup right now because Morgan Barron's look great beside Adam Lowry, and you wonder when Mason Appleton gets back how how he draws in and, and everything like that. I I do like what the Jets are doing right now though. In in theory, it seems is that I felt like in the past, especially on the blue line, they prioritized, I guess, veterans or placeholders over some of the youth. And I think that's in part led them to the, the difficult situation they find themselves in now where, you know, they still need to get games from their young guys to figure out what they are at the NHL level. It, it does feel like they've done a bit of a 180 on that in the sense that they're more willing to give these young guys, you know, games here and there, try to get them as much playing time as possible. And then you can figure out a decision on that sometime in the future. And I mean, might have to figure that one out sooner than later because the trade deadline is not all that far away. The Jets might be a little more aggressive than people might have thought a couple of months ago. So hey, let's, let's find out some answers on that as soon as possible. Yeah, and I guess what one side of it too, I mean, if we're just kind of keeping the forwards and the defense core separate, um, maybe if a, if a decision needs to be made, because you make a great point, there's also Mason Appleton coming down uh, the line at some point soon as well. So that's two guys coming back into your lineup, presumably on your roster. You would think that you'd have to make a move from a forward perspective on that. And then, of course, Logan Stanley's coming back. So, I mean, maybe yeah. when Stanley comes back, you make that decision on the blue line and keep that as is. Um, and then you do the same thing with the forwards. And that might mean a Kuhlman or somebody else from uh, from the uh, forward roster is exposed or um, sent packing at some point going forward. Brandon Rewicki is with us. Um 
just quickly, I mean, we've got this game against Buffalo tonight, tomorrow, Pittsburgh, and I know you pay close attention to the East. We've talked a lot about how streaky the St. Louis Blues have been this year. Well, the Pittsburgh Penguins are right there. They didn't quite have the eight and seven game streaks that the Blues had at the start of this year. Um, but man, they finally got back into the win column and they bizarre game Tuesday against the Canucks where they were down yeah. three nothing early. And as Vancouver is wont to do, they'll leave the door wide open for you to come back in and do it. But um what uh, what have you seen in Pittsburgh and what do you make of this challenge for the Jets tomorrow night against the Penguins, knowing that it is three and four the second nights of back to back, but the Penguins have not looked like the juggernaut that they have been in the past so far, certainly in the last month. No, no. And, you know, it's it's why I kind of picked them to miss the playoffs going into the season. It, and and they're, they're really the same team they've been for a number of years. It's just that they're, they're you know, stars, the Crosbys, the Malkins, that, you know, they're, I guess, really good to great instead of, league changing, right? Like they're they're not 110 point guys anymore. They're they're point per game guys and and still upper echelon players. Don't get me wrong there, but they just can't carry a, a roster that is subpar compared to a bunch of the other higher end contenders in the NHL. So, I mean, look, they're a tough team to play against. Um they're they're going to be in the playoff mix I think all season long. Uh we just need to get used to the fact that this this isn't a cup contender anymore. Um, you know, Crosby's still one of the 10 best centers in the NHL. Uh, Malkin, when he's healthy, isn't isn't too far off that as well. But they're just it's they're, they're just not what they were five, six years ago. And and Ron or not Ron Hextall, Benedict Hextall hasn't found an, a, a good enough way to <laughs> supplement them with high end talent in the in the lower parts of their roster there. So they're they're a good team, but that's about it. I, I think I think I'm being pretty fair to them, you know, with, yeah, with my, my anti Pittsburgh bias. But I, I'd say <laughs> I they're say. a fine team. But I, I, I'm not too worried about the Penguins doing damage late in the year. Benedict Hextall was an amazing, <laughs> amazing shot from a flyer lifer like your like uh, like yourself. Uh, Brandon Rowicki's with us from Skates and Plates. Hey, before we go, I cannot talk to you just before the NFL playoffs get going without getting your thoughts on what we've got coming up. You know, the matchups this week. I'll say this for the quality of talent of some of the teams in the playoffs, we've got a lot of real mismatches. And then you add in the quarterback situations in a few of the games. And um, like, I'm not sure Buffalo Miami is going to really be must watch TV with Skylar Thompson as the guy. And who knows what the hell's going on with, with uh, Baltimore um, with potentially no Lamar or Tyler Huntley. Um, but what uh, what game or two intrigues you the most? What are you most looking forward to in Wild Card Weekend? Yeah, it's a bummer too because those probably would have been the two best games. If like, I mean, Bills Dolphins earlier in the year in Buffalo. Um, by the way, thanks to the weathermen for forecasting a blizzard that didn't happen and, and sunk my fantasy season. So a big a big middle finger to you guys. Um, but that that game was right down to the wire. This one probably going to be double digits, and I would say the same with with Cincy Baltimore. The the cynic in me wonders if if Lamar Jackson had a juicy multi-year contract, if if he'd be a little oh, more oh, hungry dude. to get into the lineup. 100%. I mean, we've heard rumblings out I, there. I, yeah, I don't want to look like too harsh or anything. Are you, like, am, I, am I wrong? No, this is not tinfoil hat material. I mean, there's been plenty of reports out of Baltimore that, you know, he has – originally they said he was going to be out for three weeks. Yeah. We're now at, what, six or seven. He's not practicing. 
There's been plenty of um, rumblings out of there that he hasn't really been jumping on the rehab like you would want your franchise quarterback to do. And maybe that's because he doesn't think he is their franchise quarterback. And there's a lot of risk involved that go out and that involves with playing in the National Football League, especially against the top teams in the league. And I've been feeling this for the last month or so, Brandon, but I'm not sure if I had to bet right now, has Lamar Jackson played his last game as a Baltimore Raven already? I might actually lean yes. Because Ooh. if they were going to get it done, how do they not have this done already? It's yeah. not getting any cheaper as long, the longer this goes. Yeah, New York Jets fans are, are going to love that, right? There, there's a handful of teams that will sign me up for Lamar leaving Baltimore. So I, I, I agree with you there. And I... It's there. They put themselves in this situation. I don't even necessarily blame Lamar for not, you know, throwing his knee in harm's way here when he's got potentially 200 plus mil guaranteed coming his way. That being said, I also I also don't necessarily blame the Ravens for not feeling entirely like, is this a guy that we are latching our franchise to for the next five years at 50 odd million a year and what that means to the rest yeah. of it, especially, I mean, you know, there's a lot, there is something to be said about drafting quarterbacks in the first round and getting those five years on their rookie deal. Um, when you marry that guy afterwards, you better be damn sure that he is the guy. And listen, Lamar's been great. I mean, he's been one of the top players in the league, but again, you're not paying for what happened the last five years. How does him, that style of play, uh, and the direction of their team go into it, but they're built around Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's a complete, completely different story if he is not there. Yeah, there, there's also something to be said for getting um, a receiver or two to help out your your franchise QB instead of sticking them with practice squad guys. But that hey, that that's how the Ravens want to build a team. Um, but the the two games that I think I'm most looking forward to. Um, I mean, Bucks Cowboys because anything Cowboys playoffs related has the potential for just maximum hilarity. So I'm in, I'm intrigued to see how. I mean, they should take care of business, Dallas, but uh, I don't know if I want to bet against Brady. Brady's never lost to the Cowboys in his entire yeah, like, career. I, I don't know about that one. The the one that intrigues me the most, and I know there's a lot of, of Vikings fans in in this area of the province, but. I think I think upset alert might be uh, might be warranted for Giants Vikes this this upcoming weekend here. Um, everybody knows the, I, I, I guess the statistical likelihood of a team playing so many close games time after time and, and coming out on top eventually running to an end there. Um, but that's the game I think I might be most intrigued to watch to see if the Vikings can find a way to maybe make this a little more legit. Um, and I do like my ultimate dark horse in the entire playoffs. Uh, the Jaguars to take care of business against the Chargers. And then I'm hope, hopefully that's the Chiefs, but take care of business maybe against the Bills. Listen, I am uh, I, I am fully, fully fired up for that game on Saturday night between the Jags and the Chargers. And, you know, certainly on paper, you look at the talent around and you can say, oh, the Chargers should be a favorite. I mean, there's a reason why this is a one points game or a one and a half point spread. And Brandon Staley, for all the people that were lauding him as a genius, I mean, he's he's six of one, half a dozen of the other, because playing a bunch of guys that are made of glass in week oh. 18 when everything is already set and you already know where you're going was one of the dumbest things. And this is a guy that rested every single one of those players through the entire preseason. I, I, I have no idea what he was thinking. Then, of course, 
Mike Williams gets banged up. Bosa gets banged up. And if those guys aren't 100%, it is entirely on the coach. But um, short week for them, traveling across the country. And I'll say this. I think the Jags are going to be a hell of a lot better than they were in that game, especially Trevor Lawrence, than they were against the Tennessee Titans. And I don't know. Tomorrow we'll get into the lock shop and make the picks. But I have to admit, I am leaning for the Jags upset as a home dog. And, uh, and if that's the case... And I think we all agree that Buffalo is going to win and Cincinnati is going to win. It'll be the winner of that game going to Arrowhead. And I would also love that because the Chargers do scare the hell out of me as well. Uh, because when <laughs> Herbert is going, he's today, awesome. Yeah. And I mean, listen, I know Mahomes is 16-0 and on the road in the division. He's also had a couple losses at home, one of them to the Chargers. And uh, it is somewhat scary. It should be awesome. Um, what's cooking on skates and plates? You going to pop one out tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow, so we'll break down Jet Sabres, Tage Thompson's brilliance, all that stuff. Go Birds. That, that's pretty much it. Yeah, what's well, nice. Birds and Eagles, we uh, Chiefs and Eagles, we get to sit back and watch everything oh. that happens. And then next week, then, then the nerves will really get going. Brandon, thanks for doing this, buddy. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games and enjoy tonight and tomorrow Jets Buffalo and Jets Pit. Sounds good, man. Have a good one. We'll talk soon. Appreciate it. Oh, and happy it. birthday, Remo. Happy birthday, Remo. Yes. He's a little, little... Parting happy birthday Nature. for uh, the brains of the operation. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, dude. There's Brandon Rewicki. Yeah, make sure you're subscribing to Skates and Plates wherever you get your favorite podcast content. Um, all right. couple things. We're going to be speaking with Declan Chisholm coming up. Um, but big news, and I know everyone in the chat is going to be excited for this. Guess who's coming on the program tomorrow? Rutger McGrory. Uh, we're going to talk to him in between classes out at the University of Michigan and get Rutger on to talk about his experience at the World Junior Hockey Championship, what it's been like at the University of Michigan. And they got a big, big series coming up, rivalry weekend against the Ohio State University. So make sure to join us for Friday's show where Rutger will be one of our guests on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, by the way, if you missed yesterday's show, Bomber fans, be sure to go back and watch the interview with Kyle Walters. Walters had some of the most interesting insight I can remember in any conversation we've had with him before, uh, both on the team, but also on the off season, some of the things happening with the Canadian football league, as well as what goes on with players potentially getting NFL looks. If you haven't seen it, definitely worth your time. Head back to yesterday's show and check it out. And hey, of course, all our bomber reports are brought to you by our great friends over at Princess Auto, proud sponsors of the Bombers and WST. And, of course, Princess Auto is also the place where you'll find the best deals and the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Visit them at one of two Winnipeg locations in-store, Panit Road, Portage Avenue West, or shop online and get those ideas turning in between your ears, 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Um, hey, 2023 is here. Said there's plenty of New Year's resolutions you can make. One of the ones that's the easiest to keep and one that'll help you the most, drink more water. And when we're talking water in Winnipeg, you know we're getting it from the water experts for over 65 years, family-owned here in Winnipeg. And that, of course, is our friends at Culligan Water at 1200 Sargent Avenue. They've got it all. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking, wa uh, drinking water systems, and citywide water delivery services, not to mention... 
commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Give them a call at 204-694-5180 or check out everything Culligan can do for you online at drinkculligan.com. And hey, a big cheers to our friends at Canadian Club. Great to have Canadian Club, the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, on board is the official spirit of WST, Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, is of course available at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And when you go there this month, check out two big sales, including CC Reserve 12 year on for the lowest price you'll see at any point in 2023. And also a great discount right now on the brand new Rifle Rye brought to you by our friends at Beam Suntory. So Rifle Rye, CC 12 year, huge discounts now. Walk, don't, or run, don't walk to your local Manitoba Liquor Marts and uh, make sure to pick those up if you are a whiskey drinker. Thanks again to Canadian Club for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right, we will get to the cool bet lines. Busy night in the National Hockey League and number of games that we want to touch on, but... We've got another all-star joining the program now and another birthday boy joining the show right now. Let's welcome in all-star defenseman from the Manitoba Moose, Declan Chisholm. Happy birthday, Declan Chisholm. What's going on? <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me here, guys. Uh, kind of a weird uh, way uh, on the road with the team and an off day in between games against the Marlies to celebrate the birthday. But uh, did you do anything special this morning when you got up? Uh, no, I slept in about 10 o'clock, went and did some video, and then uh, fortunately we're in Toronto here, so I could go see my family and have a nice dinner tonight. Yeah, of course. You know what, just quickly, I mean, for folks that aren't familiar, I mean, you're a Bowmanville native, and I imagine the family would be coming in. Fill us a little bit in on the background. I mean, growing up in that area, and uh, obviously a treat for you to be able to celebrating 23 years on planet Earth uh, in and around close to family so they can visit. Yeah, I mean, uh, being from Bowmanville, it's just uh, 45 to an hour east of Toronto, so I could always come into the city. Uh, I played hockey here when I was younger. Um, I have family that live in Toronto too, so it's just been it's been great being here, seeing everyone, and uh, yeah, go to my aunt's tonight and have a nice dinner with everyone. Nicely done. Well, congratulations on that, and congratulations on being the Manitoba Moose representative for uh, the American Hockey League All Star Game. Uh, how did you find out, and uh, how did it feel when you got the nod? Uh, I found out after practice, uh, I think it was Tuesday, um, they just put me in the middle of the stretch circle, and um, Doobie, the D coach, just gave me the news right in front of everyone, and it was a huge shock. Honestly, I didn't see it coming, and I wasn't even really thinking about it. I was planning on going on vacation and everything, and then they told me, I was like, oh, sweet, let's go, and I was super, super excited and happy, and it was nice to share the moment with my teammates, too. No, that is cool. I mean, you guys have a great group, but I mean, it really does seem, I mean, the group's been changing. We'll talk a little bit about that. Players coming in, players going out, uh, but it's pretty clear, Declan, that you have, uh, you know, continued to rise through the organization and now have, uh, you know, a very important role, even at a young age with the Manitoba Moose. I mean, as far as this season goes, um, how would you describe it um, from a personal standpoint um, leading up to uh, getting the nod to represent Manitoba uh, at the game? Um, I think again, just every year I've been trying to take strides in the right direction and just keep working on my game and keep on uh, building my confidence. And I think this year was just another, well, this so far this year is just another step in the right direction. And I'm just getting more experience and more confidence and the coaches are relying on me more often for more situations. So it's more trust in me and, and we have another great team this year. So, I mean, things are clicking with uh, the guys on my team too. So, I mean, 
Um, uh, as a team, it's been up and down. We've been kind of winning one, losing one, and then uh, going on a, a bit of a schedule in the last couple of games. But uh, we've we've had some really good stretches where we're winning a bunch too. So, I mean, uh, I think the first half went pretty well for us as a team and myself. Now, and you had to be a, a phenomenal season last year and, I mean, a really productive playoffs, although I know you as a team would have liked to go longer. Uh, but, you know, with Dylan Sandberg up here now, Vili Hainala spending some time with the Met, with the Winnipeg Jets, um, really put in a position to be a leader on the blue line. Now, how have you enjoyed that? And um, how's that helped you with the uh, added responsibility and opportunity? I've loved it. I mean, I love playing a lot. I think I, I always play better when I play a lot. Um, and then I'm now getting opportunities that I didn't have last year. I'm playing the PK now. Um, I'm getting that first power play because normally that was Vili. Um, and uh, I've been playing with Leon, and uh, we've been clicking all year. We clicked all last year, so it's great. We have that great chemistry out there. We're making plays all the time. And I think we just have a really good D, D core in general, too. I mean, we got some veteran guys, and um, I think everyone kind of takes notes off each other. When you have a great D core, that's what, that's what you can do, and it's, uh, it's nice that we can all talk things out, too. Well, and, and you know, you mentioned the depth of the the decor. I mean, I think we we've really seen it organizationally right now. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, there's some real strong veterans up with the uh, with the Winnipeg Jets and guys that I think we all agree are you know ready to play. Um, sometimes have a tough time getting in the lineup. And I mean, I think back to last season with how stacked that Moose Blue line was. But it was very different than this year. All the injuries were happening on the blue line and. Um, you know, we were going two, three, four deep. You, of course, got your NHL debut last year uh, with the Winnipeg Jets. The situation is different this year, but I imagine playing with those players and getting the opportunities you have had have helped you continue this growth, hopefully, which is going to end with a regular spot at some point here in Winnipeg down the hall with the Jets. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I feel like this organization for a while now has had so many good defensemen drafted and just brought in and, um, so it's, I mean, it's, uh, kudos to the scouting staff and, and then the development here. I think that they're developing good young defensemen who can skate, move the puck. And, um, I think we're loaded with that type of talent and yeah, again, playing with guys like that, of course, help. And I mean, you're, you're looking at them day in and day out in practice and games and, uh, you're taking little tips from everyone. And I think, um, yeah, it's, it's for sure helping my growth and my development. You know, uh, I should mention, I mean, you know, that call-up last year for a couple games, uh, everything was happening at the same time. What do you remember about getting that call-up and, of course, playing in your first couple games in the National Hockey League, fulfilling what I'm sure was a lifelong dream? Um, it was nuts. I mean, it was right around. I just had COVID, and I was just getting out of protocol. And it was my birthday, so it was, like, right around this time. And uh, I got the call on my birthday saying, like, yeah, you're going you're gonna to play – uh, you're going to get called up and potentially play in Detroit. And I didn't end up finding out until after morning skate that I was actually locked in in the lineup. Um, and then, fortunately, that was pretty close, so my family could could uh, drive out. It was only about four hours. And, uh, yeah, I ended up playing that game. It was pretty much a, a blur for the first half. I mean, I was just so excited to be out there. And uh, I was so nervous for the first lap without a helmet and everything. I just didn't want to fall. <laughs> And then, yeah, the second game, and I played that with uh, Sammy, too, so it was nice to share it with uh, a Moose teammate. And then the second game I played was in St. Louis, and um, I ended up um, being paired up with Johnny Kovacevic, who was a good buddy of mine, and it was awesome to share that experience together, too. You know, it was, I mean, you really did stand out, and I think for 
And I mean, listen, fairly or unfairly, I mean, so many people, when they casually are looking, I mean, you know, they'll know the guys that were drafted in the first round. They might not know all the players. Listen, anyone that's paid attention to the Moose for the last few years knows full well of what you were doing. But the fact that you could come up, have this opportunity, but do it with a player that you've played with regularly or practice with was a pretty unique, uh, was a pretty unique situation. All that being said, Declan, as a young man who would just, you know, it was your 22nd birthday when this happened. What does getting a taste of the National Hockey League do to a player at your position in your career? And I mean, how did that help you through the rest of the year and even till right now as you continue to push forward to hopefully get another opportunity? Um, I think getting that taste just gives you so much more drive. I mean, it, it shows and proves to yourself that you can you can play up in the big leagues there. I mean, it's... Uh, uh, once you, once you get up there and you see the other guys play and you're right next to them calling for the puck and they're they're telling you the tips on the ice and everything it's just uh, it gives you so much more confidence going back for the rest of the season and then even following into this season going into camp and everything I just had so much more drive and hunger wanting to make that team and um, of course that's going to be my dream to play in the NHL as a full time player so I think that's all I'm going to keep working towards here. Declan Chisholm of the Manitoba Moose, the Moose representative at the AHL All-Star Game with us here on his 23rd birthday. Um, I, I imagine playing at the American Hockey League level. I mean, listen, there's a lot of games, a lot of practice. You're focusing on what you have to do on a day-to-day basis. But from you know, being a young player that has those dreams, that's had a taste of the National Hockey League, at the same time, it also must be challenging knowing um, – that there's a lot of things that are out of your control, frankly, that, um, you know, will affect when you get that chance and what else is, you know, what else is happening around you. Um, I, I do wonder, you know, as you mature and get a little older, um, are you in a position now where what you've been through before has sort of helped you have that patience that you need to have in your position, knowing that that chance is going to come by at some point, but the best thing that you can do each and every day is approach practice and games professionally and um, just try to get better with the help of the people and the uh, coaching staff around you. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly there. I mean, um, a lot of the times making the NHL is the right, the doors opening up at the right time and it's just all timing and, and all you can do is just grind it out and keep working on your game individually and, and keep growing your confidence and your development day in and day out. And, uh, yeah, not everyone gets to just walk in as a first-rounder and make it right away. And um, so I think that you just got to be patient and, and keep on working at it because um, some guys don't do that, and that's when other guys keep falling off, and there's more opportunities for yourself if you keep going. You know, I mean, from – I mean, listen, I'm a, a big fan, and I think a lot of people that, you know, pay attention to the Moose know what you brought to the organization and, uh, you know, the dynamic player you are. But I have to ask you, I mean, coming in during uh, COVID time, playing in the American League over the last couple of years, um, how much more comfortable are you now as a professional? And what's that done to your personal confidence in addition to getting a taste of the National Hockey League um, that's helping you right now game in and game out as a real leader for the Moose and now obviously the All-Star representative? Um, yeah, I think just getting a few years under your belt in the AHL, I mean, it's just experience and, uh, you start to read the game a little differently. You're, you're more relaxed and calm out there making plays. Um, and then you're also a leader. I mean, you got young guys coming in and, 
um, they're going to be asking questions and you got to, you got to be playing the right way too. I mean, they're going to be watching what you're doing. So uh, I think it just, it just adds a, a little bit more confidence and experience behind my game. And, and that's always good. I think that, um, it's been like that in every league. I mean, the OHL, I started off like that too. I, uh, first couple of years, you're just kind of getting your, uh, your touches in and you're not really creating a whole lot, but then the next few, I mean, you're, you're just feeling a lot more confident and you're able to create more plays and uh, be more effective out there day in and day out. Hey, Declan, what do you remember about uh, being selected by the Jets in the fifth round? Were you at the draft and um, uh, what happened afterwards? I, I always like talking to Jimmy Roy and Mike Keane about their first interactions with the players and their characters themselves, as I'm sure you know. I mean, uh, take us back to being drafted and uh, starting this journey with the organization. Yeah, I was actually at the draft in Dallas. It was awesome. Um, I had like, I don't know, 40 family members there. They all flew out with me. It was awesome. And um, my best friend from um, Bowmanville or Clarington area, he he also got drafted to Montreal that that day. And uh, we were able to share that experience. And we, we just went back to the hotel, um, enjoyed a, a nice little party together. And I ended up uh, <clears throat> realizing I had a flight out 5 a.m. the next day. So I had to pack it in early and and uh, head over to Winnipeg for development camp right away. I'm sure those guys do that on purpose. All right, welcome yeah. to the pros. 5 a.m. flight. <laughs> welcome to welcome to camp. Um, as far as the Moose staff though goes, um, as well as some of the players that you played with, I mean, over the last couple seasons, who has been the most influential to uh, help you take the steps that you've made on the ice? Moose players. Um, I would say it's just been. I don't know. There's just so many. I, I mean, there's just been so many great leaders on our team for the past few years here and um, just great defensemen too. I mean, I'd, I'd say Johnny Kovacevic was one of the huge leaders that I always looked up to when he was here. And, um, and then it was, it was pretty sad seeing him leave, but now he's doing so well in Montreal. So I think uh, he was always a great leader here. And um, I mean, we've just had so many, so many good players that I've been looking up to here. So it's, it's hard to pinpoint one. Well, you know what? I'm glad I kind of figured that you might mention Johnny's name. And and I kind of wanted to ask you that because, um, you know, at times when we talk about, you know, deep organizations that have quality defensemen or guys aren't hurt. I mean, sometimes the opportunities are limited, but at a certain point, something's got to give. And it did this year for Johnny. What has it been like seeing a guy that I'm sure was a friend of yours and a great teammate getting that opportunity and uh, making the most of it. And the NHL is now a regular for the most part with the Habs. Uh, it's just so, so exciting and so happy for him to see him doing so well and, and getting so many opportunities with the Habs. Um, uh, he's loving it there. And uh, it just gives you uh, that, that belief and, and hope that, that someday you can, you can accomplish the same thing. I mean, it's not too far away and I can almost taste it. Um, He's uh he's a player that I've, I've looked up to and uh, definitely learned a lot from. So it uh, it just instills more drive in, into me. Well, and, and I mean, as far as American Hockey League landing spots, I mean, um, you are one of those few teams that you know is right next door to the National Hockey League club. I'm just interested from your perspective as a Moose player. What's it like having the Jets down the hall? I know often the travel is opposite, but do you get to a lot of games? Uh, how much interaction do you have with people from uh, you know the Jets staff? Fill us in a little bit on what it's like being a Moose um, in the same building as the NHL club. Um, it's awesome sharing facil facilities. I mean, we get the best of the best. Um, not, not every AHL team gets what we get, and we get treated – 
really good here. I mean, we get everything pretty much the Jets get. And, uh, of course, sharing a rink, you get one of the best. We probably have the best rink in the league because we get to share the rink. And then, um, yeah, we'll get out to a few games. And, and of course, the fans in, in Winnipeg are great um, hockey fans. And, and uh, it's nice to see the Jets doing well, too. So, I mean, it's just it's just nice to be in a, a great hockey city. Uh, do you make it to, do you see many games? I mean, do you get to the rink ever and uh, kind of, you know, check out what's happening with the big club and uh, seeing uh, where you want to end up? We'll go every once in a while. I mean, especially when you want to see opposing teams and if you have buddies playing too in town, um, we'll go out to the, you, you just go up to the press box and watch whenever you want. It's right across the street too. So yeah, we'll go every once in a while. Uh, I have to ask you, I mean, um, is there uh do you have an NHL player or two that you always sort of either modeled your game over or frankly, just as a guy that loves hockey, you want to make sure that you watch when he's in town? Um, I don't know if I've had a specific player that I modeled my game after. Um, but I, of course, you're going to want to go watch some of the superstars in the league. I mean, as a defenseman, you, you love watching Kale McCarr do his thing out there. I mean, yeah. And then, I mean, just as going to watch the Jets is crazy too. I mean, they have so many good D back there, and of course, what Josh Morrissey's doing this year is nuts. He's having a hell of a year, and he's he's a All Star as well. So yeah, love watching him too. Well, and you know, you mentioned Josh. I mean, the season All Star as well, and I mean, for a guy that has done so much and been such a big part of the team, I mean, the way he has. I mean, the step that he's taken forward, I mean, it's hard to even put into words how impactful he's been for the Jets and, uh, you know, compared to where he'd been before, which was still a big, big part of a club, um, to show that, you know, even a few years into the league, you can make those big steps. That I would imagine that has to be somewhat inspiring for a player like yourselves, which has a lot of the qualities that Josh brings to the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, it's super inspiring. I mean, he's he's obviously feeling so confident this year and, and having uh, several years under his belt now. And I mean, he's been, he's always been productive and relied on both ends of the game. And um, he's just kind of taking off like a rocket right now. Everything he's doing in and like day in and day out out there is insane. Um, He's just making crazy plays every game. And he's a difference maker out there every game. It seems like every time I look, he's getting a star too. So uh, he's, uh, he's definitely having a year to remember. Uh, Declan Chisholm of the Manitoba Moose with us. Declan will be representing the club at the American Hockey League All-Star Game coming up and coincidentally as well, birthday. Big game tomorrow night against Toronto and then back for four games next week. And folks, check out winnipegsportstalk.com slash contest at the uh, at the website because we've got a couple four packs of tickets to go out and uh, see Declan and the fellas get after it against the stars coming up next weekend. Uh, Declan, thanks so much for doing this. Happy birthday again. Congratulations on a great season. Just on the way out, you had an absolutely bananas rush last night in the game against the Marlies. Uh, were you just uh, getting some of those moves ready for the all-star game and the skills competition tried to drop them in the, uh, and if you'd scored that in that game last night, would that goal have been, had warranted a special celebration because of how wild that rush was. Yeah. I mean, that would have been probably the best goal of my career if I scored that one. So that would have been nice to have, but uh, yeah, I just, just feeling the toe drags lately and uh, they've been paying off. So uh, maybe I'll keep trying them. Hey, listen, thanks so much for doing this. Congratulations on a great season. Uh, All the best at the All-Star Game. Continued success to the Moose. And uh, 
I'm looking forward to at some point having you on and introducing you as a member of the Winnipeg Jets. Thanks, Andrew. I appreciate it. All right. Great stuff with Declan Chisholm. Uh, folks, don't forget to check out our website, winnipegsportstalk.com slash contest. We are going to have a contest for four packs of tickets for the games next weekend for the Manitoba Moose. If you've been sleeping on the Moose, get out there. Got a great squad, and Declan Chisholm is definitely worth uh, worth going to see. Um, well, we just had one birthday boy on the program. We've got another one with us, and uh, maybe a birthday blizzard for both Declan and Michael Remus today. Uh, of course, the Nicky Nicky DQ would where we'd be picking those up. Uh, four locations in Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba. Of course, the DQ in Niverville, always very busy. DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. And speaking of birthdays, if you want the best birthday cake around, uh, the DQ ice cream cakes or blizzard cakes are absolutely undefeated. So pop down there, check them out, pick one up. And if you do want a custom cake for a birthday or another event, hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. Nick and Nikki will get it done to your liking for a quick and easy pickup at any of the Nick and Nikki DQs and grab one of those delicious stack burgers while you're popping in there as well. And hey, uh, our friends at Little Brown Jug have a great new Good Times variety pack waiting for you containing four all-new beers, including a stout, the Rye Extra Special Bitter, a Kolsch, and a West Coast IPA. Find it at Little Brown Jug, Liquor Marts, or anywhere that sells good beer. And many of you maybe are trying to, you know, pump the brakes a little bit as we get into 2023. If you are participating in a dry January, try Bright Water, Winnipeg's only local sparkling water made with high-quality, all-natural extracts extracts and filtered dechlorinated water. Bright water is zero-proof, zero-sweetener, and zero-calorie, so you can consume consciously. You can order from Little Brown Jug or brightwater.com. I've got the uh, raspberry lemon right here. Can you see that? And this is the... uh, this is the mint lime, which I quite enjoy as well. So uh, bright, B-R-I-T-E hyphen water dot com or littlebrownjug.ca. They've got the uh, unflavored, three flavored as well. All there for you if you want something fizzy to drink on while you're maybe taking a little bit of time off from enjoying Winnipeg's favorite local beer, Little Brown Jug. All right, let's get Remus back in here. Been a fun show. And, man, I did see, and I knew this would be the case in the chat, Reem, a lot of excitement for maybe the most uh, energetic guy we've had on the program, Rucker McGrory, who's going to join us tomorrow from the campus of the University of Michigan uh, before he and his teammates go at it with OSU in that big rivalry this weekend. Yeah, a lot of excitement for him, uh, especially coming off the World Juniors. We're all watching Team USA in the semifinal against Canada. Tough loss for them. Uh, but that, I mean, that uh, bronze medal game, uh, incredible. Chaz Lucius with the hat trick. They played together, both drafted by Winnipeg. Um, and we had Rucker on in the summer after he was drafted. He was so fired up to be um, part of the Winnipeg Jets organization. And it's going to be great having him on tomorrow as well. Hear about, hey, how is the season going? And about the World Juniors in Halifax. Looks like a great yeah, time. And I think, I think he actually made the trip up to the game on Tuesday as a fan. Uh, to watch the Jets and the Detroit Red Wings. So we'll kick that around with him tomorrow on the program. Um, all right. 
And great stuff from Declan Chisholm, by the way. I don't want to uh, bury the lead there because he is such an exciting young player. I don't know if anybody saw that rush he had last night that didn't end up in a goal, but it would have definitely been the goal of his pro career if he had scored it. And Manreem, for a fifth-round pick, he has really blossomed into a legit NHL prospect. And uh, frankly, last year when he got that call up, I think somewhat, well, very ahead of schedule, he didn't look out of place at all from what I recall. He definitely did not. And this talked a bit about this yesterday. It speaks to the depth that the organization has on defense. I'm not sure where he slots in. There's a bunch of guys ahead of him, but all he can do is play his own ball and have a great season with the Moose. And he's just named to the all-star team. And yeah, he was drafted in uh, 2018, and then he really took off of, you know, in, the, in his draft year, 2017-18, he had 20 points in 47 games with Peterborough, but really took off after that at 48-67, and 67, and then a nice 69-59 and 59 in 2019-20, and he's transitioned to the Moose very nicely, and with the call-ups that they've had, he mentioned he played with Sandberg, Hainala, uh, Stanley, these guys all got called up, and now he's kind of the top dog there. And getting named the Ulster team, and as he said, getting comfortable with the toe drag lately. Yeah, he that was a sick move last night. Really too bad it didn't go in. Moose lost last night 3-2 to the Marlies. They'll get another crack at Toronto tomorrow. And then they're back for a very busy week next week. Uh, what, we got Tuesday-Wednesday games against the arch-rival Chicago Wolves. And then Saturday and Sunday, 2 p.m. I know their 2000s night or 2000s day is happening next weekend. Um, those will be the tickets we have when the Moose host the Texas Stars. So pay attention to the contest page over at winnipegsportstalk.com if you want to get in for those tickets. All right, let's take a look at what's going on tonight in the National Hockey League over at CoolBet for our CoolBet lines today. Uh, and a busy, busy night. We'll start off with the Winnipeg Jets. And, uh, oh, things are looking a little different. They're not showing the money line right off the bat. But the money line, Jets are a slight road favorite tonight. Sabres have lost two in a row at home to Philly and Seattle this week. Jets, of course, had won five in a row before losing to Detroit on Tuesday. Winnipeg minus 132 favorite. Buffalo plus 112. If you like the Jets in regulation, you can get plus 118. And uh, as I was talking with Brandon, no surprise that the over-under on this game is high. Laying minus 118 at over six and a half. Uh, the Kraken are in Boston to take on the seemingly undefeatable Boston Bruins. Bruins minus 229 favorites at a home. Kraken plus 190. Other matchups tonight, the uh, Hurricanes, a big favorite over the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Toronto Maple Leafs are in Detroit to take on the Wings. Leafs minus 146 on the money line. Predators and Montreal Canadiens going at it. Preds minus 171 favorites on the road against the struggling Habs. And the Dallas Stars are in New York to take on the Rangers. Uh, Rangers minus 117 favorites. Dallas even money. That goes to show the bookmakers certainly respecting Dallas in a tough spot to play. And the Canucks taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa, a big favorite at minus 272. Canucks plus 225. And Reem, it does look like, uh, is did I read that correctly? OEL is going to be a healthy scratch tonight? That's what he sent me. And Vancouver, I mean, they set the record, Huss, for blown two-goal leads in a season last game. You know, you're up against Pittsburgh. 
you think they're in a good spot and uh Pittsburgh scored what I think it was like they won five four. Uh it was five three at one point. So Vancouver, I mean, they're not in a good spot uh, organizationally. They're up against the cap. You just gave all this money to JT Miller. Now your franchise player Bo Horvat's probably going to free agency. You can't afford to keep him. What are they gonna do? And yeah, they had they made they're this they're gonna trade him. That's what they're gonna do. Well, <laughs> we're gonna be waiting and seeing what happens there. And I mean they haven't been good for the last like six, at least six years since the end of the Sedines. And um, it's unfortunate for the fans there, and they're starting to get fed up, Huss. And uh, I'm enjoying uh, from afar. Vancouver is one of the interesting teams to follow from afar because I, the Twitter Vancouver fans are just Their nuts. Their fans on are there. psychos. Yeah, they're nuts. They're, I mean, their fans, even when things are going well, they're upset. And then when they're losing, they're upset. It's sort of a. Uh... Well, I don't know. Anyways, I'm just glad that the Jets are in a much better position than the Canucks are right now. And, you know, it's funny. The Jets finished their season sweep of the Canucks last weekend at home. I remember last year, the Jets got swept by Vancouver. But before that, it completely owned them for the better part of their time back in the National Hockey League. So things are back to normal right now. A few other games tonight. Islanders are even money at home against the Minnesota Wild. Wild is slight minus 118 favorite. Calgary and the Blues going at it tonight. Blues plus 140. Calgary minus 166. We got the Avalanche and the Blackhawks tonight as well. The uh, Avs, no surprise, a massive favorite. Minus 308 against Chicago. Ottawa and Arizona. Set your PVRs for that one, folks. Ottawa minus 158. Arizona plus 144. And the final game of the night out in Sin City, the Vegas Golden Knights hosting Paul Maurice and the Florida Panthers. Vegas minus 116, Florida minus 101. Who are you picking tonight? You got a game? I was looking at my line. I like, well, I was going to say Tampa. Um, trying to think if I like a team. How about Montreal? Uh, home, home dog, Huss, against Nashville. Nashville's on a back-to-back. Uh, Montreal's always at home seems seems tough. Uh, that's an interesting one. Yeah, uh, Preds lost last night 2-1 to the Maple Leafs. No Austin Matthews. He lost his first game uh, last... Uh, uh, for, he missed his first game of the season yesterday. Uh, and we finally got a little explosion of offense from the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, did you catch that goal McDavid scored last night? The backhand? Ooh, yeah. baby. I did watch. Uh, I did watch that game. Oh, look, everyone's exploding against um, against uh, sorry Anaheim. They're terrible. They just give up like shot after shot. Their goalies are getting shelled. The yeah, Oilers needed a win. For, mercy pull for Gibson last night. Anthony Stolarz yeah. played the third period, but it certainly yeah. wasn't John Gibson's fault. That they could have been in double digits after the first period with the chances that they'd had. Yeah. Sorry, I changed my pick from Montreal. I didn't scroll all the way down. We're riding with Vegas uh, at home to Florida. Huss. This is the end of the Florida uh, grinder road trip. Long right? road trip, four time zones. And you had Flor- You had um, Colorado the other night when they yeah. played Florida. And what, Florida was up 4-1 and Colorado, or was it 4 nothing? Colorado tied it, but lost in, was it overtime or slightly before uh, overtime? No, no, it was, it was regulation. They got the 5-4 win. I was still at that point. I mean, I was out watching. We had the Jets game on the one TV. As soon as that was done, we kind of focused in on the Dallas Islander game that didn't go the way we wanted. And then I guess it was entertaining for a while to see the abs come back. But um, man, Florida definitely needed that win. That being said, tough one tonight. I'm with you. I'll ride with you. 
with the Vegas Golden Knights on that pick tonight. Uh, let's quickly take a look at the NFL lines and see if anything has uh, changed over the past couple of days. Niners still nine and a half point favorites. I did see a weather report for Santa Clara earlier today. Uh, 90% chance of rain, potentially a lot of it, 10 to 20 mile an hour winds. This one could be a bit of a slog. Um, so take that into account if you're uh, deciding on your lineups or your picks for this weekend. Little bit of steam coming in on the Chargers. Chargers now two and a half point favorites in Jacksonville. And the money line for the Jags has gone from even money to plus 115, while the Chargers have dropped to plus one, or to minus 135. Um, you know, with this news that it sounds like it's going to be the Dolphins' third stringer, Skylar Thompson, that line can't get high enough for people to stop betting the Bills. The Bills are 13-point favorites in that wildcard matchup. Uh, no movement, though, in the Viking-Giant game. Vikings, three-point favorites at home to New York. The Bengals-Ravens line, though, keeps movement. It was 7.5 yesterday earlier. It was 8.5 when we did the show. It's 9.5 right now as um, the Ravens could be going with a third-string quarterback as well against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. And then, of course, the final game, Monday Night Football, Cowboys-Buccaneers, and the Cowboys are minus 2.5-point favorites tonight on the road. Um, so tons of hockey tonight and a great weekend of football uh, is ha we're getting hacksaw tomorrow. Hacksaw's on, and Ken Beautiful. from the road. I don't know if he's got any. He's got a lot to live up to. Like Hamilton lost his luggage. His is a guest road trip special. Hamilton lost his luggage. Just got it back, but his ears are still plugged from his flight. Mike McIntyre lost his phone, and then found it. Someone found it in the hotel lobby. Doesn't know how to use Find My iPhone, and then <laughs> Ken. I don't know what's up with Ken. Oh, yeah, we'll hear about their road trip, overnight road yeah. trip from uh, Buffalo to Pittsburgh. I Googled it, three-hour drive. Yeah, and I'm not sure what this means for the status of the Kenny and Rennie show tonight. I don't know. Because I know Reynolds is he's in traveling. He, is he already in Pittsburgh? I don't so know. He, he said he's going to be there. So, okay, so maybe Sean will be doing the show from Pittsburgh tonight. Um, but the guys will be there, and I guess that's a Hockey Night in Canada game tomorrow. Yeah, so Kevin I Sawyer will get a day off for his voice after <laughs> gutting it out tonight uh, when the Jets take on the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, just another one of those guys on the Jets that's had that illness. And as I said, I mean, I'm just picturing like what Billy Hainel's phone call was like at 4 p.m. when he just realized he wasn't able to go. What kind of state was he in, Hustler? These are the things I think about. <laughs> well, I know you think about them. I'm not sure. I think we could just take for... Take their word for it that a... the player was sick and wasn't <laughs> able to play. We don't need to get into any potentially gory details of what they're dealing with. Non-COVID illness. <laughs> Although right now, I mean, I'm not sure whether that really means anything. I've seen people that have been a lot sicker lately without COVID. And sometimes the people that have COVID are kind of come in and two days later, they're back at it. So bottom line is everyone's been sick. Colflex oregano spray. Fight a health fresh market. That's what you need. Um, now, just before we finish up, Remo... Um, I know you have gotten a few gifts from Starbucks and Tim Hortons today. Um, have you got anything for your birthday? Do you have a special dinner plan tonight? Oh, uh, what? what What's going on for your for your big day this evening? These are personal uh, questions. I wasn't expecting this part of the show. Um, well, I don't think we've planned uh, dinner, actually. We haven't really planned anything. I did have, I don't know, gift. I bought myself a gift. I got a uh, Sonos 
speaker hustler. What is that? It's just like a Wi-Fi speaker for the house and hoping to eventually get a network of them. So you're going to have, you know, listen to music in every room. Yeah. So you have CTO speak right there, folks, building a network right now. He's built up Winnipeg sports talk and now building a network at the Remus home. Okay. One more bit of personal information. If this is, say we were saying, okay, Remus, it's your birthday. We can go anywhere to eat or have any meal. What, like, what is the number one? What is your, what is your go-to when it's up to you, regardless of what anyone likes or doesn't want to eat? It's just all about you today. What, what well, are you going well, for? Well, to be fair, I know, I know DQ makes a great burger, but my, the best fast food burger out there is uh, the bacon mushroom melt. And it it's did, back. It, and it is back. So I already had one. I had one during the show, actually. Uh, did you skip it or did you go and get uh, it? No, my mom brought it over. Oh, she's like, "What do you want?" I mean, she works near Wendy's, so I was like, "Oh yeah, Wendy's, Wendy's." So you know, it's funny. I saw late last night. Uh, it came up on my feed that the bacon mushroom melt is back, and this is a long time. This is an old school warm up take, but the bozos at Wendy's that just bring this thing out for four weeks or whatever, and then take it away for another 11 months are losing a lot of our business that much. I can say for sure. I would like, I love Wendy's. I would go there way more if I knew I could always get a bacon mushroom milk. Yeah. I don't understand why it's not a permanent menu item. It's way better than the baconator. The baconator is just like a gross amount of bacon. No one needs that much. You get bacon, mushroom, milk, cheese sauce. Um, you get a mushroom, Burger, bacon, it's tastes great, melts in your mouth. It's like here month a year. It doesn't make any sense. I'm really jealous that you've already had a bacon mushroom melt. Well, that's uh, that's impressive. <laughs> May have to get one tonight. Victory, victory, bacon mushroom melt. If the Jets can win tonight, maybe we'll make that happen. Um, folks, thanks for doing this tomorrow. As I said, we got a big, big show. Oh, SK popping in for Remo <laughs> birthday burger. Maybe you'll get a double bacon mushroom melt with that one, SK. Thanks very much for the uh, for the kind gift for the birthday boy. Um, but yeah, tomorrow, man, it's going to be real fun. Getting ready for the weekend. Rutger McGrory, Weeb's World on location, and some NFL final playoff preparations with the one and only Hacksaw. Yeah. Hey, shout out to Sparky, who says, uh, your mommy still feeds you. LM. Yeah, she does. Pretty <laughs> Pretty awesome. I'm very lucky to have a mother who offers to bring me Wendy's when she comes to watch. Uh, no, watch your mom's great. We're both we're both very very lucky to have very very awesome moms who are still uh, in and around to help out when need be. And yes. uh, hey, it's her uh, it's her baby boy's first. Uh, it's, well, not first birthday. The uh, there's a few more candles on the cake right now, but mm-hmm. um, a nice little delivery of a bacon mushroom melt is an incredible mom thing to do uh, today. Uh, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Seriously, though, have a great birthday, man. Uh, enjoy it with the family. Hopefully the Jets can come up with uh, two points for you for the game tonight. And the vibes will be back to being amazing for tomorrow's show. Pittsburgh tomorrow night and then back home Sunday against the Arizona Coyotes. So we'll have all the latest on the Jets, Ice, Moose, NFL playoffs on a packed show tomorrow to get you ready for the weekend. Thanks again to Declan Chisholm from the Manitoba Moose and our pal Dan Fink for setting that one up. Good luck to the Moose tomorrow night in Toronto against the Marlies. And, of course, Brandon Rewicki and Scott Billick for making some time for us today. Enjoy the game tonight, gang. We'll see you tomorrow one more time this week on what will be a packed Winnipeg sports talk. Don't miss it. We'll see you tomorrow. Oh, my God. Oh!
Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.